forget to smash that like button. Subscribe. We need some subbies. Come on. You can do it. Late night. Woo. Good vibes. experiment oh i need a microphone we've got we've had a bit of an experiment this evening we've got a <clears throat> we're live with you we are live missed you guys so much missed you too buddy uh hello one on one cars and coffee and also uh hey tedward from from gavin over here on uh on uh, gavin remy tedward's not here just yet but he will be a few days ago you'll that'll make sense in a few minutes um <laughs> okay uh, this is an experiment. What was I about to tell you? All right, welcome back. Tonight is uh, red lights. All right, we're going to get to that, too. And we're going to slow the whole thing down here, grind this whole thing to a halt so that I am able to get my OCD brain in check. Did it all before. Can't explain what. So here's a glitch. Here's a, hey, switcher, if you're listening. 
Uh, here's a glitch that happens a lot. I get these tally lights set up. And how about you have one, like a setting for always on, always off, or you're able to lock your settings and saving. Anyway, none of that's for you. Now that we've gotten that figured out, my name is Jay Ryan. This girl to my right over here is Nicole Ryan. And this is the Late Night Playset. You've dialed this up on a great night. It is Thursday, May 20th, 2021. Tedward is here. Oh, this is going to get awkward. It's going to get awkward. We'll explain how and why Tedward is able to join us on Instagram and also be a guest here this evening in a few minutes. Hello, Tedward. Um, you're, my new, you're my new TV best friend. <laughs> I want you to be my TV best friend. Um, and I don't need this. This has nothing to do. This is. Please do not allow this to be a reflection on our new relationship. <laughs> This is for everybody else. There we go. And let us get the feed up here as well. So we've got the Instagram audience. And they are here. Somebody over here says, hey, Rob, I guess they know who Rob is. Which is fantastic. Ha, ha, ha. Yes. All right. Thursday, May 20th, 2021. Uh, Our guest this evening is Tedward. Okay. Here's the experiment part of what we're doing. We are here with you live. Mrs. Ryan and I are here live on the West Coast. It's about 5.08 p.m., okay? Tedward was here a few days ago, so when we get to Tedward, he's going to be pre-recorded. We'll still be live. No, we won't still be live. That would be really hard to do. <laughs> well, whatever. We'll figure it out. But know that we are here live with you now. Uh, it's the 20th of May. Um, there's a couple things I want to talk about. That date, for me, is historic because it was Letterman's last day on the air. I completely forgot. It wasn't. It, the truth is, that it's not that historic to me. I guess because I saw all the blurbs this morning when I woke up, and I was like, "Ow." That's one I know from all the blurbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so May twentieth was the last late show with David Letterman. Um, you know, it was a much different show by the end than the one that I sort of fell in love with, and that we're trying to um, <laughs> c- c- capture the essence of while we do our little late night car show. Uh, but anyway, it's still it's still historical. It's still significant, and uh, that was six years ago. Um, it's kind of amazing because I re- I'll try to make this really quick because there's a couple things to talk about. But I, uh, it was a Facebook memory popped up of the Late Show jacket picture I posted on that day with this whole silver bow. So long. I mean, you know me now. This is reeled in. Imagine way back when this long, long, long freaking thing about um, about how t- t- everyone's got a David Letterman memory, but they're all shared by millions. And I've got this special one of the time I went to his house and he was really nice to me and he gave me this jacket. And I, I, the whole, all I'm reading this whole time and I'm like, wow, it's a different person. It was a different person. The person who wrote that hadn't even come clean about the microphone story yet. It's never mentioned. It's just like, oh, I went there for some unknown. It's like just skipped over. Totally ridiculous. Uh, but you know, happy anniversary, Dave. We are looking very forward to having you here soon. I don't know how I am so confident that that's going to happen. I, I recognize that it seems crazy. We haven't heard, by the way, we reached out again recently and we haven't heard anything back yet. Um, which doesn't mean anything to me. So we'll see. Um, all right. So happy anniversary, Dave. Got that one. That's the happy thing on the sort of sadder thing. Um, I guess it was yesterday. Paul Mooney died. Last show we did with Lynn Woodward, we were talking about Charles Grodin from my hometown, also fellow talk show host, all that stuff. He passed away. So these are two, like, I don't know if you guys know Paul Mooney as well. If you don't, you definitely know his work. Um, He's written on pretty much everything um, that was funny over the the last 30 years. Um, He has inspired a bunch of comedians. Yeah, groundbreaking. He's a heavy hitter. 
groundbreaking um, for all the right reasons. And uh, anyway, pretty cool. So R.I.P. Paul Mooney. It's kind of fun. I worked with him. I worked with him on Everybody Hits Chris. He was a regular recurring character on Everybody Hits Chris, um, which, if anybody remembers, was the Chris Rock show. I think it actually kind of came back in popularity when it hit syndication. So it, people might know it now. They're it was make an animated version of it. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, it's huge. Is it the same voices? Will it be like Terry Crows and Tashina? I don't know. Yet. Oh man, it was so great. All those people that were already, they were already kind of people already, but they just blew up from that. Yeah. And we were, and whatever, we can go on and on. Anyway, from, yeah, why did I even bring up Everybody Hates Chris, for God's sake? Oh, Paul Mooney, Paul worked Mooney. with him on that show. He was a regular character, so he was around, and, and, and because of how the whole place was laid out, my office was next to wardrobe, uh, the production office, rather, was next to wardrobe, and uh, at whatever, it doesn't matter. We, we saw him. We saw him, and I talked to him, and, uh, and he was... Uh, very powerful person because I wasn't formed yet. I was a fucking kid, you know. Thinking, Look at me, I'm doing my, my, my work on TV. <laughs> and here's like this guy who really was born an old soul. So he's been around and seen everything. Yeah, if you like the Chappelle Show, if you like the Chris Rock Show, if you like, if you like, I mean, I just named a couple black shows, but he's written on a lot of stuff. Sanford and Son too, another black show. I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> that is his thing, though. That is his thing. I mean, he he kind of only. He's like Chris. He sees through all the yay or nay of race, and like he's really good about that stuff. And the reason I thought there was a tie-in where it would be appropriate to bring up tonight is because the last time either one of us saw him, do you remember where it was? No. Do you remember us seeing him someplace? Because you will when I say this. You'll remember it. Uh, vaguely. All right. It's car-related. I think it might have been the the last. No. No. It- Yes, it might have been the last time we were at the Peterson Auto Museum. Yep. In fact, it was, and it was the day of the uh, Ramsey Potts invited us for that R.M. Sotheby's auction, but we we hung out with Sean Lindauer and his uncle Sheldon. Do you remember that whole day? Yep. Okay. So when we were pulling up to the Peterson Auto Museum and about to make the left into the parking garage, there was a man walking up the street, like up literally the hill, the street towards Wilshire Boulevard. Uh, basically right by where Biggie Smalls got shot, like where the monster truck would be. Uh, he's walking up towards there. And uh, sure enough, I recognized him plain as day. And I'm like, oh my God, that's Paul Mooney. And he stopped to allow us, we were in yellow car, to go into the thing. And I'm like, no, you go pedestrian one, because I'm that guy. Um, I don't know why. I, I respect weird rules. When it comes to safety, I, re- I respect weird rules. Um, uh, and then secondly, I knew who he was. I was hoping he would walk by and then I could say, oh, I worked with you on Everybody Hates Chris. Because otherwise, I am his enemy. And you could see it in his face. <laughs> White guy driving a yellow Porsche into the auto museum. Um, yeah, anyway, it was a riot. But uh, that was the last time we saw him. And remember, he, he made sure that we, he simply would not... He would not let us go. For, or no, he would not go first. He insisted we go first. I remember. And when we did, I yelled across to you to the him. I was like, I love you, buddy. We work together. And just kept on going because he clearly wasn't into it. But it was pretty cool. So RIP Paul Mooney. All right. There's that. Those are the two important things. I've got a quick story just because I have to share some pretty awesome stuff with y'all. Um, yesterday. Actually, for a little bit now, we've had some issues with yellow car. I don't know exactly what it's been. Um, we shored up the suspension recently, like maybe six months ago, maybe not even that long ago. Uh, and it was um, TLG, our, God damn it, I love TLG so much. Get your car some TLC. Come on home to TLG. For goodness sake, come on home. 
I keep saying that it's actually really hard to get in there right now because they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to move to a different building. There's a lot of stuff there in flux, but when you get into TLG, when you get your car some TLC, ugh. All right, so we shored up the suspension, and and it really like yellow car came back alive. It really felt GT3 like again, suspension wise, especially on the crest, and uh, uh, and everything was just great. And then little by little, one sort of thing led to another, and the motor mounts went, and it was, uh, kind of started rattling apart again. And I was like, oh, okay, we got to take this in because it's it's just it's not there. It's not holding a lateral G's how it used to. Like things have just either moved or shifted. Maybe maybe the alignment fell out of whack. Maybe maybe we hit a bump. I don't remember. You know, it could be anything. Anyway, so we go in there. And um, we drive it, and he's like, yeah, I feel a little bit, I don't know, really. And it, I was with Steve, and Steve was not driving nearly as aggressive <laughs> as, as we generally do, so he was being polite. Whatever. We get it back. We put it up on the lift. First thing we both look at is tires. 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 <laughs> and we just did tires not that long ago. I think it might have been less than a year, but I guess we've been cranking on them pretty hard. And you know how much I love those Michelin 4Ss. I talk about we're, we th- we are currently we have just exhausted our fifth set since they came out. Now they only came out five years ago, so we've had a set a year since. <clears throat> we're due for six. So anyway, go in there. We notice tires that they, they start wiggling around. They start doing some other stuff. So it ends up needing. It turns out we only did the back. We kind of all remembered doing. We didn't. We did whatever it needed done. But in our minds, it was like, oh, it's fixed. Never occurred to like, oh, we got to, whatever the fuck. Sorry. These are details that don't matter. Details that don't matter. I'm swimming in the memory trying to orchestrate all these pieces. Sorry, everybody. Um, but I love TLG if I haven't mentioned it already. Uh, whatever. So we, we realized, oh, we got to do the shock mounts and some other things in the front. Whatever we did to the back, we got to do it to the front. It's that simple. It's kind of really simple math. We put those solid motor mounts in. Now everything is shored up back there, and now we've got kind of a, a loose front end. So... They're doing it. No big deal. Um, oh, I don't know how much I want to tell you about this, but this little enterprise and endeavor, while it is finally starting to pay off, it has definitely put a drain on both of us in every possible way, especially financially. So new tires when you don't expect it, um, you know, 1600 bucks worth of tires or whatever, is a big old hit. Big old hit. Um, so I, on a whim, I took a picture of me next to the Michelin tires with a... And I posted on a social media yesterday something about, hey, Michelin, you know, love your work. (laughs) 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 What do you think? Uh, I mean, I literally white letter the damn tires uh, because I, for me, it's an art, it's an, it's a, you know, it's an artistic thing. Yeah. It's like the art direction of the car. It looks right. Anyway, I love these damn tires, and you guys know it, so I'm passionate about it in the whole bud. So I thought, maybe, maybe this is a good match, and we're kind of finally starting to grow and whatever. Sure enough, one thing led to another. Through a series of phone calls in a very short amount of time, only a couple hours yesterday, it ends up that I end up getting hooked up with the right people at Michelin, and I just want to say ahead of time, they haven't arrived yet, but I want to say ahead of time on behalf of Mrs. Ryan and myself, thank you, thank you, thank you, Michelin USA. Uh, who's going to help us out and uh, get us back on the road and all that stuff. So grateful, grateful, grateful. Thank you, Michelin USA. Um, shout out to uh, Deb from Singer as well. Corsa PR gal. She uh, helped orchestrate some of that behind the scenes, as she always does. She's always behind the scenes. She, If anybody doesn't know what Nicole used to do, the closest thing that you can imagine in our world is Deb from Singer. And you didn't do the same shit. I mean, it was completely different. But it's like, oh, she was kind of, everybody knew her. And she, she, she wasn't, you weren't, like, I don't know. You don't, 
Deb's Instagram isn't like 100,000 followers, but it kind of could be because she's that person, you know? And you were that kind of person. You're almost invisible behind the scenes, yet <laughs> no soup is made in this town without you. <laughs> anyway, so shout out to everybody. And Michelin USA couldn't be more excited. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is maybe the coolest thing that's happened so far for me. What's amazing to me is, um, you know, it's not that hard to go get a sponsorship. All you got to do is kind of figure out whatever and go get something somewhere. But to get all right tire sponsor it's like sneakers tire sponsorship is like a sneaker sponsorship that's one of the hard ones and if you if you get one like oh my god that's a big deal okay and then there's a whole bunch of sneaker companies and you start out with the you know zips and mcflies and whatever the <laughs> hecks and then at some point you get to the, the nike or the reebok or the adidas or whatever the fuck michelin you guys michelin in my mind, there are two big ones. There are many, many tire companies, but in my mind, there are two, Pirelli and Michelin. You know where I am. Shout out to Michelin USA. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be doing stuff, I think, with them in the future, too. I just don't know exactly what. So awesome. should be good. I hope, I hope, I hope. So shout out, shout out, shout out. Uh, okay, here's a new segment real quick before we get our guest in here, Tedward. Hi, Tedward. What's that? I can't hear you. He's over there somewhere. I can't. Oh, what? I know I'm being ridiculous. You're hamming it up a little bit too much, mister. Okay. Uh, I got a new segment. New segment for you. Check it out, everybody. Ready for this? It's the Good Vibes Weather Report with Dasha. <laughs> There's no music yet, but there will be. Hang in there, everybody. Here's Dasha's weather report for tomorrow's Good Vibes Breakfast Club. Take it away, Dasha. Breaking news from Dasha, it's going to be cold and windy tomorrow morning at Becomes around 45, so you'd better get your heaters and winter clothes ready for tomorrow. Comrades. <laughs> That's right. It's Russian weather girl Dasha. <laughs> I still got some surprises up my sleeve. No idea. That's what it was. <laughs> We're almost done. I got the right glasses on. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, sorry. You guys didn't get to see that on Instagram. Well, tune it in on YouTube later. It was worth it. I'm telling you. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dasha. I'm hoping that's going to be a weekly thing now. She jumped on the Instagram and said, uh, "You know, hey everybody, wear your wear your UGGs and your sweaters and, and your whatever because it's going to be cold." And uh, and here that here we go. Only an hour or two later, ba boom. <laughs> We've got a babushka to tell you all about the tomorrow weather. Now I've got to tell you about a couple things. Let me get our friends up here so I don't feel so alone out here. Very lonely on stage without our Instagram friends. You know that? Do you feel it too? Yeah. Yeah. I miss you guys on Instagram. What's happening over here? Let's just talk to you for just one second because I yammered on for a while there. There was so much stuff to talk to you. Make sure you go to Ranch and Car Club, Cars and Coffee, 730. Oh, look at this. One-on-one Cars and Coffee. You're recruiting. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. You guys really blast that. You hit the social pretty hard already. Ranch Car Club. What's up? Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. But you guys seem to have it all figured out. I'm the one who's behind, as usual. Malibu Motors, what's happening? Grand Impression joined. That's Stromberg. For anybody who sees me posting photos that were taken by Stromberg, uh, that's him. Except that uh, Stromberg, I don't know whether you know this or not, but you can't be tagged 
Oh, that's the only reason I don't do it. It seems to be your choice, but uh, I don't know if you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I don't do it. I always say it. I always do it for everyone else's. I don't want them to think I took a photo <laughs> that I'm in 30 feet away. No way possible. Like to talk to you about St. Clair Insurance. They say all that separates men and boys is the coverage for their toys. St. Clair Insurance is coverage for your toys. In this case, we're talking about collector cars. And specifically, in the last couple of weeks, I want to talk about the two things you need to remember when it comes to collector cars. Uh, one is value. Get your car's value appraised. Either go to Kelly Blue Book, where our Tuesday guest, Lynn Woodward, works. Check out some of her videos and get uh, an appraisal on your car. Um, appraisal is not the right word, is it? Is it? Appraisal is like when somebody does it. Valuation. That's it. Get your car valued. Uh, because I think it's gone up. The market has shifted. Uh, everybody, all the all the vehicles have bounced around, but almost everything has gone up. Point being, your car's probably worth more than you think it is. Problem there is that it's probably insured for less than it's actually worth at this point. So, all of this to bring it back to St. Clair Insurance. What's that? Sure. A lot of moving pieces. A lot of moving pieces. There doesn't need to be this many. <laughs> How about this? Go check out your car insurance. Go check it out with St. Clair Insurance at CoverageForYourToys.com. 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 Need a lift lately? Cruise into a healthy 2021 with Cruise into Wellness CBD. It's going to be cruising into the second half of 2021 with a <laughs> with Cruise into Wellness CBD. Cruises with a Z. Um, <laughs> somebody needs a new card. <laughs> Use promo code late night, late night for 20% off your order at cruisingwellness.com 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 uh urban rev b says as of 2019 uh the bridgestone is the world's largest tire manufacturer fo followed by michelin france goodyear united states and uh continental germany and Sumit sumitomo in uh, japan that is fantastically um informative thank you uh i didn't literally mean the biggest one and i apologize for that i kind of meant cachet wise uh, and that was only my opinion. I've never had a car that had Bridgestone tires. I've never had a car that needed Bridgestone tires. And I don't have a problem with Bridgestone tires. Firestone? Do they still make Firestone tires? Or did they outlaw them after that Ford... Was it the Ford Explorer that kept flipping over because of the Firestone tires? I mean, not <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> I forget. A lot of stuff. There's a winery of Firestone winery. It, it's the same family, and it it's is? still Andrew Firestone, which is the only reason the you know it from the freaking reality <laughs> show. You all saw that happen in real time. Anyway, uh, did we deal with cruisingwellness.com? Yes. Late night, cruisingwellness.com, cruisingwellness.com. This is Jay Ryan from Late Night Place that reminding you to please like, subscribe, and comment below. This feeds the internet algorithm and eventually us as well. Be a pal, like, subscribe, and comment below. We'd appreciate it. Um, Urban Rev B, though, if there was a way to make you a moderator, I'd do it right now because that was really awesome. That was like Zach from Smoking Tire. Zach from Smoking Tire is so awesome uh, when he's <laughs> wow. <laughs> when he's <laughs> I was working in the lab late one night. <laughs> Gee whiz. Um, <laughs> Anyway, Zach from Smoking Tire, shout out to him. We love him. In oh. fact, that's funny because I got to tell you real quick before our guest Tedward gets in here. Tedward, don't leave. 
We're still going to do the show with you, Tedward. Don't go anywhere. Uh, upcoming guests. Upcoming guests. Uh, next week, when, we come, when we're back on Tuesday, it's going to be Matt Farah from The Smoking Tire, the other half of The Smoking Tire. I don't know if it's half and half, whatever. <laughs> whatever. The other... <laughs> What's the matter with me? I don't know. <sighs> I got confused once I saw how smoky it was. I held the button too long. Uh, and then later that week, we have uh, Manuel Carrillo coming in here. He's got the new show on Motor Trend. Then the week after this, I don't think even you know, we've got Greg Grunberg coming in on uh, June 1st, and then Rob Cordry on June 3rd. So that'll be comedy week. That's a great week. Somebody I used to work with on Tuesday on Felicity, and somebody you used to work with on everything that he everything. used to work with. <laughs> right up into Children's Hospital. Pretty yeah. awesome. Launch that show. Yeah. I would like I like to say that you got it two Emmys because he did the work to get the show that good, but that doesn't win a damn award. It takes somebody who knows how to it takes a Deb from Singer or somebody like you. This is ridiculous. I'm trying to educate people. I'm trying to educate people. It's it, the AC kicked off right at the same time. Uh, anyway, so that's what's going on. And then more upcoming guests after that. All right, let me just do the whole thing here. We got Matt Fair, Emmanuel Carrillo, uh, Greg Grunberg, Rob Cordry, Spike Ferriston the very next week. Um, then we've got Tony Rackley. Then we've got Jensen Button, Ann Anstead, Jay Leno, Tommy Kendall, Christian James Hamm. We're working on all of those, but they're all coming as well. So it's a lot of stuff coming up. Now, now, it, without further ado, must be the Bridgestone Factory again. Air cooled, lots of smoke. What's going on over there? I know. Ah, crap. Dude, I love you for saying that because, well, it was a distraction. You helped me remember some other stuff I had to do, which was, which is one, give a shout out to our friends at Tradecraft Farms and fire up a, Tom Snyder used to fire up a color teeny. We're going to call these color teenies for you, maybe. Uh, fire up a, a fresh Tahoe OG sticky vape cartridge. Get that fucking go sucker going, sucker going. Get that sucker going. Excuse me. Fire that up. Shout out to our friends at Sticky Thanks, Vape guys. and Tradecraft Farms. Of course, they also will be up at Breakfast Club tomorrow. I think they're bringing oh, your. Yeah. I think they're bringing your re-up package oh. as well. But I, they uh, are going to come. And so uh, <laughs> uh, I know me too, Tommy and Jeff. And uh, we get to see Tommy's new car because we haven't gotten to see that yet. I saw pictures of it. But, and if anybody else, you, you got to come up and see it. It's pretty awesome. And I'm hoping Magnus is there as well because I really want to connect those guys because they're literally like a block, whatever. They're almost across the street from each other. Uh, it's a and weird part of that they don't know each other. I think, I think they've probably waved at each other. I think they've probably seen each okay. other because of the cars and stuff, but I'd rather them uh, know each other uh, for all of the reasons. One, the parking sucks down there. <laughs> yeah, it does. it's good for everybody to know everybody the parking downtown sucks uh okay <laughs> with that good vibes breakfast club is tomorrow check yourself out a sticker pack or a t-shirt or a dual shift hat all of these are available at dualshift.com or on the dual shift instagram and it's d-u-e-l shift we appreciate it by the way the proceeds for this are well they're currently going to your gofundme um, but that's for only a very short amount of time. The proceeds for all of uh, our portion of this, anyway, goes to um, will be the foundation soon. It will be the foundation awesome. soon, but currently is uh, Nicole's GoFundMe. So we appreciate it greatly, as does Thanks she. Um, and uh, and um, somebody told me to put a, a thing out for the for the donut fund too. I don't know if I'm going to do that. I don't know how comfortable. I don't. The tip jar does not feel good to me, uh, but uh, we are grateful for it. So. Thank you so much. And uh, without further ado, we're going to take a quick break 
brought to you by our friends at Oh So Delicious Hot Sauce, the only hot sauce made by bears. And then when we come back, through the miracle of television, and if I have done everything right, Tedward will be here. Neat. And pay no attention if my hair or beard are a shade longer, because we took great care in making sure that we wore the same wardrobe. <laughs> don't, like, don't mind this. It didn't occur to me when grooming that things may not add up. So just imagine I took a testosterone pill over the break. <laughs> and without further ado, we're going to take a quick break. More to come right after this. Thanks for hanging in with us. <laughs> oh, so delicious. It's a hot sauce made by bears. Garlic and serrano mixed with love and care. You can put it on your eggs, pour it on your rice. It's great on a leg, it's better on a slice. It's oh, so delicious. It's a hot sauce made by bears. Oh, so delicious hot sauce. Great on everything except oatmeal. Get your bottle today at ohsodelicious.org. One dollar from every bottle sold goes to the National Military Family Association. All right, well, in that case, I guess we'll just start it up because uh, we're sitting here with this guy. You know him from Instagram. You know him from YouTube. We're sitting here with Tedward. Hey, guys. Now we know him from Breakfast Club. <laughs> I'm so... Uh, you You've have made no it. idea. Breakfast Club is one of those things where... When I think about car culture on a macro scale for American car culture, that's like what people think of. They think of Los Angeles. They think of canyon carving. They think this is what it is. And your GBC, I don't know why I know what it is. I can't tell you why I know what it is. I just know what it is. And that's, is that the truth? That's the best part about car culture is that there's times when you arrive somewhere and you're like, I have to go to this. And you're like, well, how did you find out about us? You know, like a survey, right? You have oh, no yeah. idea. You have no you idea. Have I, I don't know why. <laughs> I just know it exists. And it's something that I've always wanted to go to. And it was so cool to go see you guys yesterday. Uh, it was really cool for us to have a familiar face from out of town because, you know, we're there every week. Yeah. It's weird because it's <laughs> and like... Then, and then somebody who I haven't met, but I follow and feel like I know because through content, consuming your content, I'm like, oh, well, I know that. <laughs> He's a fellow sort of internet weirdo. Like, we're kind of simpatico here. We, we even shop at the same store, bro. It's easily, easily <laughs> the strangest thing about internet car culture is that it has brought so many people who have never met together. So by the time we do get together, it does not feel like I'm meeting you. It feels like, oh, yeah, this is happening. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're right. We did that. Vaxed, vaxed. We gave each other a hug because yeah. we already knew each other. It was fun. The, Pretty cool. The only thing that's weird sometimes is when someone's like a lot taller or a lot shorter or a lot weird. Like, because <laughs> a lot of YouTubers, right? We don't necessarily show. We we do a good job of showing our good side. There you go. Which is why my whole channel is essentially never showing me at all. I usually just put a hat on. Like I've got my I've got my POV hat. It sits like this, so no one has to look at me. No one has to see me, and I can. I'm more comfortable that way because. When See, I we all like watching you. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we do all like watching you. My favorite thing the other day was that I told you, you go, all right, it's 5.30 p.m. and I'm making coffee. I know, not a good idea. Like on and on and on. I was like, I was captivated. It was Tom Green YouTube channel. Have you ever checked that I, out? Like Tom Green is Addictive. the unsung hero of our generation because he is such an ent he is such a real life entertainer. Yeah. And doesn't really get the credit for it because now he's a little underground. 
I agree with that nowadays. The next generation, he's, I mean, it's, you talk about Tom Green now, it's like talking about Johnny Carson 10 years ago. Right. You know, it was like, oh, sure, if you grew up back in the 90s, which of course we did. But Tom he was Green the first was ahead of person. everything. Outrageous is definitely the word. Like he was, I, I'm not, I don't <laughs> want to give him my like, favorite. <laughs> I don't want to give him like Andy Kaufman status, but like he really was kind of on that level for the generation. I think of, if he died when his testicle thing happened, he would have been Andy Kaufman status for sure. That he just was, is still here, can, you know, still making stuff. Is that not the most like influencer thing in the world to do in today? Like if you had to have a testicle removed, you'd show it. You uh, would. You'd you be like, would. doctor, can we make sure that we have the sign off to broadcast all of this? And you'd think that that was insane back then, but now it would be like the norm. Like, of course you're coming in for the surgery. Do you remember all that? It was, yeah. I guess, with the Tom Green show back then, probably, yeah. right? Yeah, because he was married to Drew at Drew. the time. Oh, really? That was at the same yeah. time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. First of all, that, even though Drew Barrymore has stood on this desk and done the thing, <laughs> I, it always escapes me, their marriage. I always forget about it. I always think of him and Monica Lewinsky when they were pretending to get married and that whole thing. Do you remember oh my all God, that? I don't remember that. Oh, that's, all right. Well, forget that's insane. it then. But In my mind, I always transpose the both. So I think Monica Lewinsky was there when he was getting his testicle removed, <laughs> but that's not true. She's like real life A-list, though. Like, imagine being Tom Green and marrying Drew Barrymore. That's oh, well, insanity. Hollywood royalty for sure. That's crazy. Yeah. Because he was sort of like the blip on the radar on MTV, on cable. Yeah. Yeah. No, and no. And she was like no, of the Barrymore family. Am I close enough to this? Is this okay? Yeah. Make it. Make sure. It's wherever you're comfortable. All right. No, I'm good. I just. Thanks to our friends at Telefunken, the equipment we use on this show is really, really stellar. It's the same stuff they use on Saturday Night Live, believe it or not. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I'm really blown away. I mean, I, obviously, I know everyone comes on the show and just goes like. Because I, I I don't think I recognize like the setting in my brain anytime garage. I watch this. Yeah, I thought it was a garage. I thought it was like, and now I'm even more impressed because you've dedicated this living space to this, and that tells me that you're like you're serious. We are definitely serious. We thought we were not serious until the desk and chairs arrived. We thought we could gimmick it out. We thought we could make it funny. This started with the. I mean, I, t I say this all the time, but we, this started with the dining room table couple microphones from Amazon, husband and wife, just like every stinking podcast, couple pads, you know, here, well, here's what we're talking about today. Here's my notes. Here's your notes. And uh, then we got access to the David Letterman stuff. And it was just like a crazy whim. I won't bother you with the details, but it was like a crazy ass, one of those, I don't believe the story. It's got to be fake. You wouldn't write it this way because it's totally unbelievable. Um, but but once you do have access, it was like, and it was sitting in a, where we had it picked up from this museum and it was sitting in a warehouse on the East Coast and we're like, what do we do with it? <laughs> do we use it for our little show? Well, because storage even like is this? boring, but it reminds me of the Seinfeld episode with Kramer when he gets the, uh, Merv, is it Merv Griffin? Merv yes, yeah, and okay. that was a plus and a minus in yeah. my mind. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh yikes, are we going to be, are we going to be Kramering this or are we yeah. really going to do it? But yeah. I mean, you're not dressed up like Letterman, so it's not insane. I'm, I, I, I mean, I don't feel like I'm even trying to, pretend no, to be Letterman. I, I just feel like we have the look of Letterman, but I honestly feel like we finally, finally, after a couple hundred episodes of finding ourselves with whatever this is, um, we've gotten to a place of like, oh, we're finally sort of doing our original just dining room show, but it's in this kind of really fancy setting, which is kind of cool. Because for a while there, everyone was like taking it sort of seriously. Oh, you got all the lights and everything. And then it was really stuffy and it became a show. Well, so for me, my Letterman nostalgia isn't with any like 
uh, normal famous guests. Like Amy Sedaris is probably my favorite oh, human being on the entire planet. Like she was one of his favorite guests, and she used to come in when someone would cancel, basically, or he like, and and she lived down the street, like on Columbus. So he would just be like, "Hey, can you come and do this?" And she'd be like, "Of course." Like I'm making a cheese ball, and I'm bored in my apartment. Like my bunny, I'll put my bunnies away for the night, right? And she would come down and do a and do a bit, and she would always do the craziest shit. And she was my like I Stranger with Candy is easily my favorite show of all time. Mm. So anything Amy Sedaris, I'm in for it. I want it. And she's one of those people who she kind of like flourished and bloomed later in life. And she always gives me hope that like I can do really well in like my 40s and 50s because she's been talented since she was a child. But she didn't really find like legitimate fame, even even through Strangers. Like Strangers got her roles in movies like Elf and things like that. But she always just played these kind of like odd supporting roles. And then later on. She's she's getting her own show now. She has this amazing true TV show at home with Amy Sedaris, and she's doing like and it's just her now, right? It's just her, and she has the we. It's the weirdest show, but it's not even the weirdest show because her old. I mean, Strangers was the weirdest show, and was that Comedy Central? It was. It was definitely the nineties because I was working yeah. on Conan when they were promoting it. And yeah. I remember all of that, and it was the rage, and I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was Amy Colbert, Danello, and you know, at the time, was she? She was either seeing, I don't think she was ever married to him, but she was seeing Danello, Paul Danello at the time. So okay. they were dating while they were making this. And Colbert was just doing his thing. And they were, they wrote it on the fly. Like they, they basically like got a show. And I think they, uh, they were like, uh oh, we have to make it. Right. We have this amazing opportunity. Now, how do we do it? Rewrites were happening as they were filming, like uh, during the scene. And they were like, uh, and they just did it. But she's just so, I don't know. She's my, so for me, this set is just like, I can't believe I'm kind of seeing what Amy would have been. She definitely sat in those chairs. I mean, we've we've seen it. There's clips. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Everyone's favorite stars are always like big superhero people. I'm like Amy Sedaris. I dream about seeing her on like a street and be like, Amy. And I'm like, I don't want to be too, I want to be cool. I'm like, I love your work. And then I'll just She'd probably it. love it if you freaked out on it, yeah. rather. Actually, you know right. what I mean? She'd, She'd probably, probably love the real Ted work. I would just yeah. scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, these chairs are not attractive. There's nothing about them that I would choose to have in my home <laughs> yeah. if they weren't what they were. But every single time I look at them, all I see is somebody I used to work with and somebody we all freaking loved, Chris Farley, tumbling oh over backwards God. in those chairs. Do you remember that one? I've broken your equipment! Yeah. And he freaks out and he breaks the sat and everything. Well, and Chris was great because he was so authentic and real because all, like, you know, we think of him as, um, you know, on SNL doing the Chris Farley show with, like, Paul McCartney and all this stuff. He'd be like, <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> but the thing was, like, that was really actually him. It was just, like, a slightly amplified version because when you see him, when you if you watch the old Letterman interviews with him and stuff, he was genuinely genuinely nervous he was so yeah nervous shy and just in awe of dave those guys before they moved to that big theater for the clips you're talking about where he would get oh dave uh he sandler chris rock all those that younger cast Mm -hmm. from saturday night live at that generation in the early 90s spade uh they all used to come down to the sixth floor hallway which became conan's hallway later and i know all this because they used to do the same thing at conan when i was there um, but they would all watch through those blue doors at Letterman to like get a peek, watch everything. No matter who it was on the show, they grew up sort of like almost pseudo obsessed. So then Chris Farley, not even a year later, is sitting there in the chair, and it you can see it in his eyes that he kind of almost doesn't believe it. No, he's he, performing, but he's also like, I hope I remember this. Yeah, he was always one of those people that you felt like he was your hometown friend like he in in that that's a hard thing to do like not many people are relatable when they're at that level um do you think it was him 
him. It's probably him, right? It's not it's even him. the. I was going to ask if it was Tommy Boy, but that was all him. No, it was him. I mean, and Tommy Boy really was his. That, I mean, it was definitely the right role for him. You know, I mean, it's it's tough and it's hard to make. I mean, we we go back and look at the like the assortment of SNL movies, and not all of them are hits. You know, there's like we think <laughs> we think anything Lauren Michaels creates is we like are oh, from this France. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, you're still saying that, you know what I mean? Like, but you know, Chris, as much as I would lose my mind if I saw Chris Kattan walking down the street, like that, oh. what, was the, what was the movie? Now I can't even remember the Night name of the, the movie. Roxbury. Night I at the Roxbury. Yeah. Like that's kind of he like an, uh, you're like, okay, but I don't know that we're going to go sit. Or, I would watch Tommy Boy today. If you're like, Hey, like let's, after this, let's watch Tommy Boy. I would do that. Yeah. I don't think I could sit through Night at the Roxbury with you. I think we'd be like, let's. <laughs> we t- actually, it's funny because that came up recently. We were talking with putting it on, but both of us are like, every time you go to actually do it you're like oh that's like 90 minutes of exactly that one thing yeah Yeah. and it's like and it was a good five minute sketch and it was fun when like jim carrey comes on to kind of do the thing (laughs) on the show but yeah i mean i don't know so for me like I, as much as I'm a huge car guy, I'm like a big comedy nerd oh. and I like LA for me, it's weird. Cause all I'm doing out here, right. We're going out, we're going to car shows. We're going to cars and coffee. We're going to PCLA and all this stuff. But like in my brain, I'm like, I can't believe I'm not like sitting at the comedy store right now, like watching somebody who I've never seen yet or somebody I've always wanted to see. You know, it just um, opened up. Are you going to go while you're in town I'm or is not, it all Cause we have out? to go. I mean, we have to go, we're leaving in a couple of days. So like oh, so everything's right. booked, but like next hey, time I'm you out technically here, left four days ago, this is magic. Magic. How yeah. are we doing this? I'll tell you about this trip in a minute, but like, you know, for me, I grew up loving comedy because I was a nerdy kid. Like I didn't. Um, and, and that's the funny thing is comics get this giant following almost as if they're like the cool kids. But very few comics are the cool kids. Like almost it's almost like a prerequisite that you're not a cool kid. And like even the cool kids like John Mulaney, right? Like he's he does have this air of coolness about him. And it's, uh-huh. it's, it stems from a very uncool kid. Exactly. Though, yeah. And it's, it's like, the, part I'm of the, this way now. It's like the, <laughs> it's the act. And, you know, for me, like Friday nights were not me going out and hanging out with the cool kids in high school. Like I wasn't, I wasn't drinking or smoking pot me neither. because not because I was like straight edge and cool. It was because no one was offering it to me. <laughs> ah! It wasn't like I was sitting around like declining. You weren't like here, pal, you know? So the truth is you weren't uncool. All your friends were uncool. I guess so. Uh, so don't do drugs. You'll end up... friends. That was the problem. <laughs> so, so like my, my thing was comedy central at the time was excellent for uh, a standup fanatic because you could sit down and watch premium blend you could watch all their half hour specials with they i don't know they, those must have cost them nothing because they are, recorded are, so many of them are we about the same age are you talking about the 90s on i'm Comedy 33 Central? um 33 oh, yeah man, so not even remotely the same age. i'm an old man but i watch <laughs> but we're all talking the about stuff. the same comedy central stuff yeah and and so for me like there were comics that i thought because they had a half hour special i was like oh they must be super famous right so you'd see like kathleen madigan get up and do something oh. and then i wouldn't see her for 10 years until she was on last comic standing and i'm like right. Wait a minute! I know her, and I knew all these people coming on, and all these, all you know, it's on CBS, right? That was a CBS show. I don't know. Last Comic Standing, NBC. I think, or NBC. NBC okay, that's right. so uh, everyone's seeing them for the first time as if they're like these up and coming new comics. I'm like, these guys have been working for years. Most of them, but oh, that's everybody on that show. Yeah, and I'm like, that's, this is even such... today. Whenever they bring it back, it's the same. Which way. must be so frustrating because like every comic you know about grinded for 25 years before you, anyone knew their name. Well, that's the truth of any one, any like overnight success. There's no such thing as an overnight success. You just heard about him yesterday. <laughs> Up and coming must be the most insulting thing in the world to a comic who's like, I've been on tour for five. I literally Grinding live for in twenty years. Yeah, and they don't like they're they're like touring. It's like yeah, I fly coach if I'm lucky, and I'm usually living in a van. <laughs> like the best case scenario is a comedy condo, comedy condo. with disgusting people. Do you watch Crashing? <laughs> 
I love Crash. We just rewatched Crash. I did too, like a month ago. Same here. We must have done it at the same time. It's simpatico, yes. I'm telling you. I love the whole thing, especially the comedy condo and all that shit. He's painfully like the, the business uncomfortable. is changing. He does such a good job of being so uncomfortable. Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. Yeah, he's great. I don't know. It's Everybody weird. on that show is great, though. That show is one of those things where, like, you you kind of don't root for him throughout the whole show. Like, you almost want him. You're like, oh, my God. Like, what are you doing? You can't. Like, Why are you please? smelling the baby? Like, you're never going to. No one's going to want you. You're horrible. But at the same time, you're like, oh, this is why he's so talented. Because I have, like, this perverse emotion about him while. While you're watching it. Yeah. And while people you feel are, bad for him, too, right? There's an empathy thing going yeah. on. Well, I so I also, before even the Comedy Central stuff, um, I, my first SNL episode was I was in the third grade and I woke up late. It was near Christmas. And I remember walking down the stairs and my parents were watching Saturday Night Live. And I said, what is this? And it was Anna Gasteyer doing Martha Stewart topless. I was there in the room when we shot that. I, I worked there. That then. blows my mind. And I remember going, what is this? Is this a new show? I know I'm third grade. So I'm like, is this a new show? And my parents are like, oh my God. Like, this, is <laughs> this, would have been like 1975, right? this would have been like late 90s. Yeah. And so it would have been like, yeah, 96, 97. Okay. And um, I'm watching this and I'm like blown away. And I'm like, and now I'm like, I have to watch this all of the time. So my, we, we, but my parents were <laughs> Meanwhile, cool. Meanwhile, Anna Gasteyer is ripping on Dan Aykroyd doing, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, you cooked the chicken. Julia Child. It's kind of, you know, they're, they're all just based on it was amazing. stepping stones. And so they started, my parents were really cool because they're like, oh, he loves this. Um, and then we started watching Mad TV. And so what we would do is every Saturday, my dad would take a VHS and he would tape the first half hour of Mad and then switch over to SNL and tape all of SNL. So it was an eleven o'clock. That it was always a half hour yeah, earlier. So the 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 second half hour of Mad TV was always terrible because they knew they lost like ninety percent of their audience. <laughs> and awful. so like it was really brutal. So the, the the first half hour of Mad was always like they brought out everything. They hit you with everything they had because they needed to keep, try to keep some people from SNL. And 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 so every Sunday morning I would wake up from third grade on to a tape in the VCR. I would rewind it and I. I would play the first half hour mad and then all of SNL. And that's what I did from age like what, eight or nine until I was like 15. And then I would stay up and watch it and all that stuff. So yeah, that's like my, I love that. I would keep, I don't know, uh, you grew up in Boston, so you might have had the same programming, but after Saturday Night Live for me as a kid was uh, Evening at the Apollo, which See, became my <laughs> became my second favorite show behind it because it was really, really funny. I didn't get that it was a whole black white thing. I didn't even get it. <laughs> I was so stupid. That? Everybody, no. Well, he guest hosted a couple times, okay. but it ended up being Steve Harvey is most famous for hosting it. But like okay. um, when I was a kid, Sinbad used to host it and oh stuff. My God. Like I genuinely was a fan. I loved Evening at the Apollo. You know everything about it. I, was, I loved I was, it. I loved that show. It was fascinating. And it's ironic that I was this little white kid in Connecticut, <laughs> you know, absolutely loving yeah. Harlem Nights. How was it? I wonder if it was a 90s thing that like they seem to do a really big thing about bringing major comics a very adult themed comics into children's programming. So like the fact that like, I mean, you mean I was like a, Bill Cosby on picture pages. And yeah. Stuff? Or, or like, <laughs> I mean, I grew up with George Carlin as Mr. Conductor on shining time station. He was on Sesame street before that. 
It's so bizarre. Yeah. And like Sinbad, for example, I mean, not that he, he was relatively clean, at least from what I can remember. He's probably already done hosting Vibe by the time you were around. Right. And he, I mean, he was, he was like a Nickelodeon star, right? Like he, everyone. Oh my God. They he were, was on um, uh, Good Burger. Good Burger. Holy no crap. Way. Yes. He was the teacher. Yes. He was oh the guy that, God. oh my God, you just totally brought <laughs> me back to that. And then he did like, uh, not Blank Check. Um, he was I in. I love Blank uh, Check. You're the only other person I know kid. who knows that movie. Oh, I love Preston. Is it the same Ma- kid? Uh, Is Mr. First Kid the same kid from it's not Jack? the same kid, but they were around the same time, so they were kind of like simpatico movies, like Armageddon and Deep Impact. It was Volcano like and Blank Check and First Kid. You know, they were right. kind of like that. Um, Blank Check, I fucking love. It's a great show. I shouldn't show. say that because it's a Disney Mr. movie, but I effing love it. Mr. McIntosh. Mr. And then McIntosh. Like, but the weirdest thing about that was and like- And Duff from MTV, the hot DVJ. We could have just debunked this whole thing. and like, like That's one of those movies where you're like, if you just ask like one question, it's over. <laughs> What was the one question? It was like the girl, the woman. Does like, everyone remember this? Like the, he, the kid gets hit by the a guy on a bicycle and he doesn't have time to deal with it because the guy's like crooked and whatever. So he just gives the kid a blank check to give to his dad to pay for the bicycle. And he like cashes like a million dollar check. Oh, that was the problem. It was only a million bucks. Right. And so it's like, oh, this child cashes it. First of all, the child child cashes a million dollar check no questions asked no 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 he came up with a whole thing remember there was questions yeah asked, but mr macintosh because he had so he had a macintosh uh, like one, like a computer and so he managed to like s- persuade this bank who i don't think would have been doing like wire transfers <laughs> no, in 1992 not. or whatever it like was like tempe arizona or wherever they were right and then and then like this this woman i can't remember the whole story but it was either a real estate agent or somebody it was like this woman like this gorgeous woman with like the um the justine from elastica haircut um you know like the very big bangs on one side kind of thing really oh, yeah. gorgeous and he had a crush on her she's 30 easily 30 years old and he's like wooing her this is stuff like from a... mtv we're talking about. yeah yeah and then and then all she had to say is like where's your boss or dad or whatever it was so weird like the oh, lies I'm were not good. it i remembered it being bulletproof, bulletproof. and you're like <laughs> nah there's it's leaking water everywhere but yeah and the, yeah so and, and then the only thing i'm thinking is like sinbad taking a bullet for the kid and first kid because yeah but it was first kid was, uh, was the mean, president's uh yeah yeah yeah, and then you have like Will Friedle doing My Date with the President's Daughter. Do you remember this? No, I remember the Mandy Moore being the President's Daughter, whatever that one was. I remember that one. I remember oh. the title, but I don't think I watched. What's it called? Your it's one? called My Date with the President's Daughter, and it was Will Friedle at the peak of his Boy Meets World fame, and he. Oh, that's who you're talking. Goes about? on a date with Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> Is that who you're talking about? <laughs> oh wow, okay. It's kind of weird, man. So I don't know. I I I love. I didn't know his real name. I thought it. Wait, no, his name is no. That was a. Wait, who are you talking no, about? No, not not. Boy Meets World is a, a savage kid. He's yeah, I know, but his brother. older his, bro- his older brother on the show is Will Friedle. Will Friedle, so, right? Ben right. Savage, but the he was show from was, something else too. Um, I don't know what he was doing before that because uh, so. He was the good-looking one, though, yeah. right? That didn't look anything like Fred Savage. No, no, it was Ben Savage. It was Fred's brother. That's right. Um, but yeah, that, and that show was written for uh, for uh, Ben. Right. And then they hired everybody else, and they came on. And Topanga like just made the whole thing yeah, she's the legendary. Best. Which is funny, because I'm not from California, so the name Topanga is like a complete alien made up thing. And then when you're like, you get, you're like, oh, I learned a little bit about geography. And people are like, oh, like the vision quest in Topanga Canyon. You know, you're like, oh, that's a place? Yeah. And then you kind of get an idea. You're like, oh, I get it. That's why she was so whimsical because it was Topanga, you know? Uh, I, I, like you, I learn everything from watching stuff. So 100%. I learned about Topanga from Six Feet Under. When, when she goes to visit the crazy aunt and see, you know, the, the, the whimsical I, aunt out in- uh, That's in, true. Go smoke some pot that's out That's a with great the show Topanga. too. Um, 
my goodness. There's been some great HBO programs. Anyway, it I know seems like we shouldn't podcast. We should just be friends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we should just hang out and watch movies. Because <laughs> I, well, and that's the thing. Is luckily my sister is really into comedy, and so it was. It's always been easy. Like my favorite thing in the world when I'm out here is talking about traffic because there, and 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 it's because there's a Saturday Night Live skit with uh, Bill Hader, Kristen <laughs> Wiig, and Fred Armisen. How much do you watch this show? <laughs> do you know we do a segment called "What Are You Driving Today?" and that's why. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Where are you here? And it's Marco. my favorite thing. So someone's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" Well, I'm like, "Well, first I'm going to take the 405 north to the 101, and it's going to dump me out." And like, that's my favorite thing. Then in the I'm going to take Topanga over to PCH. <laughs> why don't you take the 405 north and get off of Mulholland where you belong? No, Carter, that doesn't make sense. It's going to be rush hour. You have to take the 405 after. <laughs> Gonna, at this time of day, it's going to be jammed. What are you doing here? So, yeah, yeah, this is like my whole, like, that's what L.A. is to me because I don't feel like anyone actually lives here. Everyone who lives here seems like a tourist, even if you could be here for 25 years. And everyone's still being like, this is crazy. What is this place? Like, I think you basically have to be an A-list celebrity to actually feel like this is your home. Like, you you have to have your face on a billboard. Yeah, it's Edward. It's tough. Like, you know, because, like... I feel like you'd have to have your face on a billboard at some point to be like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in L.A. Oh, to feel like you belong. To feel like you belong here. Yeah, yeah, you have to be on living the entourage life right. or one of those types of uh, – yeah. I see your point. You know I mean, I mean, I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. But I definitely – you get wowed by the whole Hollywood of it all, at, at least at first. And then nowadays it's probably like the whole Kardashian of it all. Like it's just everywhere in the car scene and everything. Eventually it's just a place. You know, the funniest part about this is that I used to think I would be starstruck by people, but the reality is as a car enthusiast, my my heroes are not like, you know, big, big actual celebrities. It's like, I mean, even seeing Magnus yesterday at GBCB uh, or BC, I see this is the- Good I'm, Vibes Breakfast Club. I'm not dyslexic, call whatever but you want. I will mix up those letters every single time. <laughs> Just call it Breakfast Club. Good Vibes Breakfast Club. Yeah, or whatever you want. But like, you know, I pulled in and- I remember parking the car. I parked this 86911, my friend Michael's car. Um, it was nice to meet him, by the way. He was he's very great. friendly. He's great. Michael's fantastic. And instantly, I'm looking next to me, and I'm like, oh, that's Magnus. I know car. that car. <laughs> I know that car. And I walk out, and, you know, I'm so peripherally. Hey, how's it going, fella? Yeah, I know all these people peripherally, like, you know, because so I was I, I befriended Alex Roy oh. uh, many years ago, mm. and he's been a great ally. And he's always been the type of person Cannibal who. Cannibal guy. Yeah, oh. he the uh, blue M5, um, and he's somebody that was you know kind of a childhood hero of mine, and then I I was introduced to him in New York at his Cooper Square uh, apartment, and it was like oh my god this is the place this is where they planned all this this is where the movie took oh, place. oh you recognize it from the film yeah oh that's funny and and it was actually before the film came out the the second film uh, that JF Musial a- Apex. created Apex yeah. yeah that one's great and so I actually went to the pre screening of Apex. Um, Secret Race Across America in New York. So uh, I got there and it was like, okay, what are we going to do for the few hours? So we went to uh, Classic Car Club Manhattan. So you <laughs> hit up all the spots. Hit up all the spots. And then it was like, oh, Spinelli's here. So Mike Spinelli comes out. I ended up spending the whole day with Mike Spinelli. And I'm like, this is crazy. By the way, Mike but Spinelli. You're Mike Why Spinelli is like the, he is the funniest nerdiest most i just you could you never want to let him go we just started following each other on instagram and stuff i'm gonna invite him to be on the show spinelli's incredible he's okay. so funny he knows everything about nothing like you 
Yeah, that's a perfect guest. It's incredible. Perfect guest. So you can clearly tell is like writing Roots and Jalop making all this stuff. It's very funny. Um, we spent the day together and then I went out, got dinner, came back to the theater when we were getting ready. And we so we sit down and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, And now I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of nervous because I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these people who are in no other world are celebrities like Tom Morningstar. He's like, he does all the film work, basically all the camera work for, for the drive network and all this stuff. Like nobody knows who this guy is. I'm like, oh, that's Tom Morningstar. Yeah. And then, you know, I sit down and I'm with Nikhil, which is, um, he started off as, uh, Alex Roy's assistant, but Nikhil, Spinelli, all these people. And then we look back and there's iced tea and cocoa sitting like one row behind us. They've been watching you the whole time. And I'm like, this is the weirdest day (laughs) He's He's like, yo, that's Tedward. (laughs) <laughs> that was like the first time. And of course, like my only movie premiere I've ever been to is like Apex. <laughs> oh. But like, you know, it was great. I thought you were going to say Law and Order. That would have yeah. been great. No, seriously, we were like walking around online going, dun dun. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> you think he gets that a lot? Yeah. And we're, and we're like, we're like, you're like thinking to yourself, like walking up to him, you're like, don't say dun dun. Don't say dun dun. Don't say dun dun. But it's like hard not to. I, 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 we're pinging around everywhere. I hope you don't care. But I just I found out the other day that that guy has a judge show. Like he's now a judge type. What? He's like a people's court, but it's not. It's like a just him hearing two sides of a thing going like, yeah, you win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The, awesome. <laughs> whenever I'm thinking of like a sponsorship deal, because I, I try, I'm, I'd like to think I have like a lot of, um, I don't know, integrity when it comes to things. Like if I'm going to get paid to do something, I would like it to be something I'd, I I want to advertise to you. Like if I want to influence you to buy the thing, mm-hmm. like hopefully it's a thing that I would use. Oh, so, yeah. So, it used to be called truth in advertising. Yeah. Stuff too. I'm, I'm with you. I'm except down with that. Then I see like these commercials where it's like iced tea advertising for like a, a third party warranty. And it is not okay. This is not okay. There's no way he uses this. There's just money on the table. And then, it, then you see like Joe Namath doing like reverse mortgages and stuff. And I'm like, I could literally sell anybody anything and it would be more, I'd have more integrity than this stuff. It's brutal. I think you're just getting older. Yeah. Because I had the same realization, like the veil lifted. I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> Phil Rizzuto in the money store. I was like, oh, wait a second. This has been going on since I was born. It's just that you get to a certain age where you need money or you want money again or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Or it. just perhaps what you're willing to do changes. You know, I mean, f- that's definitely changed for me and, and our whole thing. Uh, maybe it's just that. Maybe it's like part of a yeah. cyclical process. I think my big fear was always that like I would sell someone a product and they would be like, oh, I bought this because Tedward told me to buy it. And yeah, then it's it sucks. garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, All and then right, when I'm they like, go see you about you're like, oh, that, I don't even like that thing. That thing blows. I used it once. No, I so I'm I, I pretty... <laughs> I used it once while I was filming it. No, I do. I try to like use stuff and be like, okay, this is legit. It's fine and we're good. But yeah, I don't know. I don't do a whole lot of it probably because of that. But I'm I'm trying to get into that more just because it's like you're really leaving a lot of cash on the table yeah. if you don't do it. And I just popped over to your YouTube channel today in preparation for this for a few minutes, and um, I don't know. I feel I th- it's probably been a while, and maybe I'm out of it. But I feel like I just saw you celebrate. 10,000 subscribers, <laughs> and I saw you were at 100 and how many? 136 or so? It was over 130. Yeah. 130-something uh, thousand subscribers. Congratulations Thank on hitting you. the 100K. When did that happen? It was like like around November when it started really taking off, um, early September, November, and then 100K happened first or second week of February, and I did I, th- what happened was there was like a sequence of a few videos that just hit at the same time. And I, can, I I'm not sure I can even remember which ones they were, but it just seemed like for the first time, every time I put something out, it would do like a hundred thousand views. 
And that never, ever, ever. Somehow ever you happened. made it into the river of algorithm. Yeah. And yeah. it started picking it up. And then you get enough, you know, subscribers on YouTube are weird because it doesn't necessarily matter. Because um, <laughs> what happens is if you watch, and there's lots of channels where, you know, they'll gain a million subscribers and then they'll take a break for a month or two or three months. And then they come back and suddenly they used to be getting 150,000 views a video. Now they're getting 15,000. If you take a break, it's over. Yeah. It's over. And so you cannot take a break. they say even a week. Uh, even a week. They say you can't skip. You cannot skip a week. Because um, the, the machines don't sleep. They don't sleep. And people forget about you quickly. Very quickly. Not um, Tedward. And it's very difficult. So you have to make sure you're maintaining that. And what I try to do, like, originally the channel was very much like a copycat of, like, oh, I like vlogs. I'm going to watch vlogs. I'm going to make vlogs. Yeah. So I was doing that. Well, who, the problem is no one cares about you if they don't, if you didn't add value already, right? Like, yeah, Tom, they don't know who you are. Yeah, we ran into the same thing. Tom like, Green uh, going off in a van, who cares if he's not Tom Green? There's a million people doing this. No one would, even if they're, even if their like personality is great or whatever, no one's going to find you and stay with you. They're like, oh, what's Tom Green up to? That's really the hook of the show. Right. And then if it's charming enough, they'll stay. Right. So for me, I was like, okay, wait a minute. What can I add? Like, what value can I add? And my value, I thought, was I can review cars in a very realistic way, and I can do it with cars that no one else is talking about. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're good cars. Some of them are terrible cars. But that's the charm. It's like, I don't care about a Hyundai Santa Fe or a Hyundai Tucson. They're not sponsored, so I can say that. Um, (laughs) Even if they were, you should be able to say that. (laughs) But, like, I don't care. I really don't care. Most new cars are very boring to me. You basically own the best like you own the Carrera S, that's the car I want to daily drive. Like that's 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 as new as I want to be at. That's where that's what happened to us, right? And it's not like a thing where it's like, oh, can't afford a GT3 Touring. It's like, no, this is just what I want. So that's where we got. 2005 wasn't the newest car we could afford. It was like that's as far as we wanted to go. That's the good one. So I I thought, okay, what if I just start adding value with some oddball cars? I have enough connections in Boston with people who are, for whatever reason, willing to give me these cars to say like, hey, take my S65 AMG, take my Hummer h1 take my like 800 horsepower 996 turbo and that was one guy yeah who just oh, really said, all those cars i went to his house back and forth for a week i just went up <laughs> and i would go there drop keys off take keys go away and then the next day i would come back take keys drop keys off go away and you know sometimes i would just run through people's collections because they had oddball stuff and that's you know, a very smart way to go especially where you are because it's probably hard to Harder to find. It can be harder cars, to yeah. find odd stuff. Um, and, you know, I even, you know, I mean, look, the supercar stuff is taken care of. I don't, you know, me getting in a Huracan, who cares? Who wants to watch me drive a Huracan? They, every every YouTuber they and their mother has a Huracan out here. I don't here. need to see a Huracan in Boston. Though, I'm frankly. done. So I want to drive weird stuff. the aquarium. Stuff. I mean, seriously. <laughs> exactly. Like, Here it is. Everybody knows my name. Hey. You're right. yeah. Pop the door. <laughs> and so I, I just thought, like, why not do things that are very realistic? Get the air coolers in there. I thought maybe I can prey on, like, the viewers who actually like the stuff I like. Yes. Not even assuming there was anyone who liked what I like, just hoping. Like, maybe there's a market for this. But did you, did you, do you realize then that at some point you have transitioned to being someone? They don't care about the cars anymore. We're watching you. That, I noticed it in the comments. Okay. Because you, it, you do recognize it at least. Well, it went from people saying things like, um, you know, about the car to people asking questions to me or saying things about me. And that was really strange because it suddenly went from being like, oh, you're actually in this for what I have to say, which is even more intimidating because sometimes I'm wrong. And sometimes I, you know, and, but I don't mind. Like if I'm wrong about a fact, it's usually a stupid fact. It's nothing like that important. Um, 
But you know, at the end of the day, they're there for the experience, and they—they, they, I just am enthusiastic. I'm, I'm normally a very quiet, reserved, mostly depressed, anxious kind of person. Yeah. Like I want to stay. There's in a bed. reason we all do this, right? Yeah. Like I, I am a comic without being funny. Like I live, I have all the bad qualities of a comic without the, without the tight five. Like <laughs> you're funny and you could do it. I guess that's why I was sort of transitioning to this. You do seem to be a big fan of comedy. You also seem to be a big student of comedy, which is sort of what it takes more than being a fan of comedy to be good at comedy. Yeah. Um, is that something you would ever consider? Have you ever tried it? Do you want to? My dream job as a kid was either stand-up comic or voice actor. Like, if I get a voice acting gig, I... Oh, my God. That would be the best. Like, uh, so I'll tell you something. Not many people know this about me. I am obsessed with, like... Uh, like cartoons like but and, and I hate the word adult cartoon because it sounds like porn but I mean like you know like <laughs> like like Archer anything H. John Benjamin I'm sold on um, I loved home movies I love like all these like kind of oddball Dr. Katz and Squiggle oh, Vision kind of things Dr. Yeah. Katz and uh, Archer I recognize yeah so these are all things I go to sleep watching Bob's Burgers every <laughs> single night Every night. So when I go to sleep, I put my laptop on, I turn the mo- the monitor to black, and I play um, season one of Bob's Burgers every single night. For the past, like, four years. Every single night. So I go to sleep listening to H. John Benjamin, and I wake up yourself. listening to H. John Benjamin. And I just, it's so funny to me, and it's so comforting. They're voices that I, I, could, I could write it line for line. Eugene Merman is like, I love him so much. And he lives in Cambridge. He's somebody I could totally stalk and be like, I happen to run into you. <laughs> And <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't do. I'm sorry if you're watching. Um, I'm gonna say again. I think you should. <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, to me, like those. Are, that's what I, like my passion is. Like I, I love cars, obviously. But like, you know, I don't watch car YouTubers. Well, that's what I'm getting at. at your all. YouTubes are very. I mean, your videos are very funny, and that's what I'm drawn to. Because no offense, same as you. Like we, I, we have the cars. <laughs> right. <laughs> we are no shy of access to cars. Um, she, I don't know. She used to be a comedy publicist. We never talked about that, but she used this to work is, with everybody on this wall. But certainly, many, many, many more, and everybody you know. This is excellent networking, Nicole. <laughs> oh, but I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to. You're already performing, and maybe you don't realize it. And I'm I'm trying to say that if there's anything in your way, it shouldn't be. Like, why don't you try it? Yeah. I, so I mean, getting on a stage and actually saying like I prepared this thing that is so freaky to me. Like everything I do is relatively unscripted. But you're doing it with your videos. Yeah, I guess that's true. You just instead of standing there, you're like putting them out and saying, here, watch this and get back to me. <laughs> and the reality, you're right, though. I mean, like, I like this because it's an easy back and forth because, you know, you're quick-witted, you're fast, we can have that dialogue, we can have that interaction. It's the Ted and Jay show. When I'm alone in a car by myself, you don't know if you got the laugh. Like, every, during COVID, every con, like, Maria Bamford is another person that I You're proving my love. point, though. And I don't want to, nothing shy on Maria Bamford, but back to if you were there in the room on the stage with the audience, yeah. you would then feel it and know it. It would be my dream. Like, I, I would love to do that. It's something that just, like, warms my heart. You're the in f- a good town for it. Yeah. But, that, but also completely the opposite because everyone's trying. The competition yeah, so the, is brutal. They last, like, five seconds. Yeah. It has nothing to do with that. You know that, right? I don't like know. If, I if mean, you have whatever it is, yeah. the competition doesn't matter. That's true. I guess you're right. And and so that's a great point about YouTube too, is that um, you basically push and push and push and push. And anyone who says like, oh, should I start a channel? And I'm like, yes, just do it. And will you have five years of tragedy surrounding your channel before you might, might get successful? And if the answer is no, then like 
maybe don't waste your time. Right. For me, I've been doing this since like 2016 and nobody knew who I was until like six months ago. Yep. And even then, I'm still like very, very minor in the car world. But it's happening. It's starting to happen. Matt Ferris said the same thing to me. I had a conversation with him and a few other Highline people a few weeks ago and he was saying, bro, for the first five years, we didn't make any money. Nobody knew who we were. No money. I'm not being exaggerated. Like no money. Nobody knew who we were. And, he, and then you look at, you know, where they are now. I was at it his seems shop. like... Oh. Two days, three days ago, we were at a shop. There I took, you go. I took that 1948 Willys Jeep, which, by the way, I thought was a great idea. I thought, all right, let me just put it this way. So I get the hookup. My friend, Dr. M3, he introduces me to Matt via email. And because I, I always wanted to see the, the Westside Collector car storage, I yes. wanted to go see him. I wanted to meet him. He's kind of one of my automotive, you know, not, I don't know, hero is a big word, but like, you know, he's one of the dudes. You know? Have he's, you been on that show yet? I haven't been on that show. Right, I'd I love to work on that at some point. I. I <laughs> So I'm thinking to myself, I want to make a little bit of an entrance, not like a flashy entrance, but like I want to make a Tedward entrance. So the Tedward entrance is not showing up in a 765 LT right now. The Tedward entrance is showing up in a rotten 1948 Willys Jeep that has no floors because it's rusted through. I saw the video this morning. And I did, I think my appetite was large or my eyes were bigger than my appetite because I went to pick up the car and I went, oh my God, this is bad. This is really bad. So I get in the car and I'm like, this is the most unsafe thing I've ever driven. Like, would you tarot this thing? It's my friend's car. He bought it for $500. (laughs) And I thought like, oh, it's a rough, you know, he has some like very dreamy photos of it on the beach because he drives it up to Malibu and like goes surfing. So I'm like, oh, of course. What I forgot is like, he's insane. My friend is insane. He's insane. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, here you go. And he teaches me how to start it. And I'm off. And I'm like, so I realized this was a terrible idea when we got to, we got back to our Airbnb and we were like, okay, ready? Let's go to Westside Collector Car Storage. And the plan was to have my friend Will, PTSRS, uh, and my friend David like come with me. And they were, they were going to, one of them was going to drive separate. And then one of them was going to ride with me. So I'm like, David, let's go. And he goes, very seriously and not joking. Like, he goes, I'm not, I'm not getting in that. <laughs> and my re- reaction was not like, oh, come on. I said, it was like I saw like the very real danger in his eyes. Like, you're an idiot for driving. Like, you shouldn't be driving this vehicle. As if I just like injected heroin with my friends and then like put the needle down. I was like, all right, your turn. And he was like, oh, no, we're not doing drugs. Yeah. But I've already, well, done, the already drugs. done the drugs. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I I've gone all, too far. Yeah. I thought I, we were all in this together. I misread the situation. And I'm stuck with the car. I have to drive it because I've already driven it from LAX to this place. I'm like, I have to do it. I'm like, oh my God. So now I'm thinking, I'm thinking like they're like disappointed in me. This is like your boundaries for danger are different than we thought. Like you are actually an idiot. And I'm like, oh God. So now I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, this is wrong. The because, neurosis is creeping in. Well, now I'm like, I'm going to show up and Matt's going to think this is horrible. Oh, so we get there and he's not there yet. And we, you know, we get, we get in, he comes in, he shows us everything. He was great. He was really, he was really nice. And he was kind of doing us a favor in the sense that like, he doesn't know who I am. Right. He's seen me before, but like, I'm not like a friend. Okay. He was definitely doing this for somebody. It was like, oh, Dr. M3, I'll do you a favor and show them around. Gotcha. And so, you know, he wasn't like- Is it like, a client of his? Is it someone- It's just a friend. Okay. Dr. M3 is like an old school YouTuber, uh, big Lamborghini guy. I like gotcha. A okay. good friend of mine. Um, and you know, so he was kind of just doing him a favor by like hanging out with me. So I felt like a little bit like, okay, I don't want to waste his time. Like I'll, I'll give him an easy out, whatever. But at the end of it, I'm like, oh, let me show you this Jeep. And he sees it and he did laugh and he, he, he was entertained by it, but he looked at me very, very seriously before I left. And he was like, be careful. 
And I was like, okay, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this is like me bringing some, like a motorcycle home to my father. Also, Matt will drive like, and I mean, he's dri driven some, he's got some stories about some sketch shit he's driven. And if he's telling you very seriously <laughs> to be careful, like, oh yeah, you may have, like you said, you bit off more than you can I do. think I, I think I brought, like, I thought it was the right car. Look I at you, you're growing up, Tedward. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. This <laughs> And I, of anything I should ever have worn a helmet in, this was the vehicle. <laughs> and like motorcycle boots and everything, because you could have gone through it. Anytime. Well, I picked it up in in shorts, and the whole thing is rusted, like really rusted, like rust, like you've never seen before. Like it came no, from rust, the, like gone. 19... Like there's, you can see holes, huge holes. Like the road is there. <laughs> and I picked it up. I in, only because I just saw the video this morning. <laughs> I picked it up in shorts, and when I got to the Airbnb, I tr I put in I put on jeans because I'm like I'm gonna get hurt. Like I'm gonna scratch, and and I'm gonna have to go to the hospital if I scratch myself on this. This is like a, a stray cat biting you. Yeah, you, you need to have antibiotics immediately. Good so, yeah. so I gave it back. I probably drove the car for ten miles. I got the content, and luckily the viewers, the comments are like, "Oh my god, that's ridiculous!" But then fifty percent of the comments are like, "Thank you for risking yourself to give us this content." And my reaction is like, "I'm glad you recognize that. Never again. <laughs> Not happening." That's amazing. Um, did you, obviously the place is amazing. You enjoyed the whole thing. Did you see the studio and all? It's beautiful. The studio is incredible. You're it's got welcome. cool chairs. and Well, like, he picked the chairs. Yeah. <laughs> he picked the chairs because of Joe Rogan. You, so same. you set up that studio? I built that. I built every single oh my thing God, in that studio. Oh my God, it's great. And I love, I didn't rec, I did not realize that it was on the third story of the stacks. So I had not seen that. So yet. when you look out the window, you're elevated looking down into the cathedral. Yeah, I room. thought that was really cool. I didn't, yeah. I didn't His office too, that. you obviously saw the same gorgeous. thing. <laughs> yeah, so that was very clever. And like my friend David has a car storage facility in Boston uh, called Garage 42. And so he was excited because he's like, I'm going to meet another car storage guy, you know? Like, yeah. So, so to me, I'm like, oh, I'm meeting Matt Farah. And to him, he's like, I'm going to ask him about a business this. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, how much is, what's the most insured car he has here? Like, you know, so he's, he's curious about like concrete and things, you know? That's or, really funny. Yeah. It's a very odd world that we live in. Um, what, I mean, we've been talking for 50 minutes here already almost, but what sort of things should we talk about? I mean, like, I'm having a blast. I can oh, just, yeah, we I can can do just this. riff with you, but, like, is there any agenda? Because I don't have a blue card for you. This no, is a pre-tape for Thursday. I'm good. Um, so, all right, I'll tell you the story. I'm thrilled that you made time for it. First of all, thank you so much. No, this is, like, this is kind of a bucket list thing, and I was, like, I need to make sure. So my big fear today was, like, oh, I hope I'm able to get a car while while we're doing this. Um, and now the, the gang. I'm with the gang. Um, all right, never mind. They're fine. Um, uh, sometimes people text me. I'm, like, I hope they don't need the forerunner. I'll, let me tell you the story. Because you're sharing. There we go. You I'll, I'll tell you the story of how we ended up here. Okay. So for, this is our first. I haven't seen any of my friends really for a year because of COVID. You know, we've been kind of doing this whole thing where, you know, we have our group chat on Facebook and that's it. And I go off and do my own thing with the cars. I've been I've been filming cars and, you know, they know what I'm doing based on my YouTube channel and like my day to day updates. Um, so my friend David calls me and he's like, hey, um, we're going. We had all just had already planned our vaccines and everything. So like, you know, we were nice as a little pod to be able to like, good. We're going to be two weeks out at this date and whatever. And sort goes, of planned it. Kind of planned it, but yeah. he said, um, hey, uh, what are you doing in May? We're uh, do you want to come to California? And in my brain, like, I, uh, you know, I'm a mechanical engineer who quit his job to pursue YouTube. So financially, I'm, like, very cautious about things that I'm doing. Like, if there's not a very obvious upside financially, I'm usually a little hesitant to go do something because I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll film a couple of videos, but that's not, like, covering the cost of this trip, you know? it's If I'm lucky, it's a net zero. So he goes, don't worry, flights are taken care of. And so I'm like... 
how what what does that does. mean? Like, what is flights are taking care of when you're pl- uh, loosely planning a trip? And so I'm like, okay. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? He goes, oh, there's extra seats. Oh, I, I was gonna say sometimes. Okay, well, I'll let you finish. So I'm like, I thought from our experience, I thought to myself, well, sometimes that means, and that may mean private jet. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, uh, they, we've had that where people invite you to something. You're like, oh, I don't know about the time. Let me think about it and schedule it. You don't want to say like, I can't afford it. Yeah. So immediately you're like, well, I don't care anymore. I will do anything. Yeah, We're going. See you there. What's the day? I'll be there. So you know, that's the beauty of YouTube is like, I make my own schedule. <laughs> so as you were talking about how like, okay, you can't, um, you can't miss a week on YouTube, right? You've got to keep it going. So I, my, my thing now is everything I do is in 4k. 4K oh. footage is a pain because a computer like this, like an, even a nice MacBook Pro, is not going to process that information. It's very is that difficult. Right? Even the new one is just too much. Yeah. So the Shoot. M1 chips are great, but I, I didn't buy an M1 MacBook Pro. I bought an M1 Mac Mini and a monitor, and I have like a yes. nice desktop setup. And it's great, except that it kind of binds me to my home. Like I'm yeah. tied there. So I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, well, you know, how am I going to, I don't have a backlog. I'm like, I actually need to be editing while I'm in California. I need to be filming and editing and You're posting. Living the Casey Neistat life very right realistically yeah and he goes well there's no baggage limits bring whatever you want i'm like i can bring a desktop computer he goes yeah so i packed a, a <laughs> he's 24- like because the rest of us aren't bringing our desktops you can bring yours <laughs> yes. no problem <laughs> so i pack a, a and i'm like barely sleeping the night before because i'm like his dad is gonna murder me like i I'm, i look like such a jerk like i'm bringing like a 24 well, but the inch M1 4K Mac Mini is just a tiny little thing but then you've got the, the whole monitor, monitor yeah yeah like a giant monitor and it doesn't like break down so the box is like this by this by this Oh, it's not in a case. It's in like the, it's in the, the original Macintosh box. Back. And I'm like, <laughs> what's oh your my name, God. Mr. Macintosh? Yes. So I'm like, oh my God. But I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. So we get to the airport and it's like a small, it's kind of like if you were like Burbank or something like that. Oh, you know? okay. It's like, yeah. it's like a small airport. Yeah. So we get to Hanscom and. You know, oh, you were from Hanscom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I so, even know it. Yeah. so we get the, we get the, we get the, uh, <laughs> the thing and they, they just very yeah of course sir you know we put it on the plane and we walk somebody out to the, does it for you you just put it in a pile over there yeah also like i've never been in a g4 i don't know what this look i mean i grew up actually as a pilot i started flying when i was 11 years old and i really? soloed on my 16th birthday and you know that's my I've I, so i've always my hours yeah i do it's a lot it's a it's it's exciting but at the same time like you know when you used to cessna's G, a golf stream is never in your mindset of like I'm gonna fly that or something like that. No, so, I fly it on Grand Thre- Grand, uh, Grand Theft Auto. There you go. So we walk out to this plane and we're like, oh, this isn't like a little baby Learjet. This isn't like the Carly Simon like clouds in my coffee sitting on like you know like there's like four people on this plane. We're just getting there quickly. No, this is like a friggin' regional jet. Yeah. And so anyway, we luckily it wasn't a, a little business. nicer than a regional jet. Yeah, it but is. size wise, size wise, yeah. So I mean, luckily the beauty of this is that it wasn't like a business trip because anyone else I know that's been in a private jet that wasn't a billionaire is there as a guest to like their boss or their boss's boss's boss, right? Mm-hmm. And that's an uncomfortable scenario because you're like, oh no, you know, you're just stuffy. careful, stuffy, it's stuffy. You got to be careful. Whereas with this, it's like they're like our family. Like my friend David's parents are people that like we're very close with, and you know we've traveled with them before in less less bougie ways. But like, they're it's not uncomfortable for me to like be alone with them. Like it would be fine if I wake up in the house and they're like we have coffee in the morning. Like yeah. it's not an uncomfortable scenario. So it, we were all just like, well, we're not going to play yeah, it's it. Not, cool. It's a little different than farting on the plane, bro. Exactly. So we're like, we're not going to play it cool. We're just going to have fun. So we just had a 
blast. And because we were having so much fun, the, the flight attendant on board, she's like, I can tell you guys don't do this very often. And we're like, what, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pardon me, madam. And you're getting we, off at the next stop. <laughs> we were like, we were like, extrapolate on that a little bit. She goes, oh, because you're all very nice. And so we're like, this poor girl has a great job flying like a flight attendant on a private jet. But like people just get must shit be, on all Yeah, day. people must just be assholes to her constantly. Yeah. And because... More Caesar salad. Can you imagine, like, the only reason it looks like we're not, like, the people who belong here is because we're not assholes? I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's why you stand out. Crazy. So They obviously didn't know about Tedward. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool. We, we, we get there. We, you know, we, we land in uh, Carlsbad. And um, the, on the way up here, actually, we stopped at a Porsche collection. Um, Porsche Private Collector, I think, is his uh, Instagram. But he has a the only street legal 935. Uh, it's like the unicorn, most rare Porsche there is, basically. And he has a few. Where is this? It's Geographically. In, uh, it's, it's in the desert, kind of between L.A. and uh, in, in, in San Diego. It's okay. just kind of out in the middle of nowhere in this beautiful barn. Did you go to Charleston first? Is that what you said from Boston to Charleston? Carlsbad. 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 Ah, Carlsbad. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that would have been a heck of a trip. Uh, but yeah. No, now it, I see what. Now I've gotten just to the desert, at least, and now we're coming up from Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so he showed, I mean, that's the thing I was, you know, you always get nervous about meeting collectors because you know, you never know what they're like. You think you know what they're like because of their cars. And it's usually wrong. Usually wrong. This guy was incredible. I was so passionate. I find people, if you, if you think stuffy, like we were talking about the plane before, you're generally going to be wrong. Most of the really rich people I know are like a little bit unhinged, not remotely stuffy. It's the way to go. <laughs> like in a very refreshing way. It was great. And very so he, real. And and I think he appreciated that. Like you know, we had Will Lee, who's PTSRS on Instagram, like the the Porsche guy. I mean, imagine he has Jerry Seinfeld tagging him on posts, going, "Hey, this one's for you." Like, <laughs> I think this is why the car community blows my mind because you circumnavigate social hierarchies in the car community. What's the name of this one? P- PTS- PTSRS. Yeah, if you so for example, if I was like like pretend like pretend I'm doing my five minute sets three times a night for for three years, right? I don't have any connection to Spike Ferriston, Jerry Seinfeld, any of these people. But that's not I true. I, I feel like I would inherently would, you're doing the same things we all do. Like I don't either. But I'm entry first, level. Even you know, though I used to work with his brother. You know what I mean? Like that was my thing. It feels entry level. It feels like you don't belong there yet. Like if you sat at the table. Yes. You know, if you were at the. If but you were. That's the, why you're going to get there because you recognize that there is a read the room element that other people. There are so many people who are trying so desperately to climb those rungs of YouTube, like doing every goddamn thing you can do, right. like sort of like the wrong way, just wearing themselves out. Yeah. Like you don't. They walk do into the, the same thing, but they do the same thing at gatherings at events at social things where there is a spike or a jerry or something and hey guys what's going on it's like <laughs> no we're all in the middle of something before somebody we don't know showed up How's exactly that? you have to you have to check yourself and you know it's like it's like walking to the comedy cellar and just like going to the table <laughs> or helping yourself to the Can't mic hey everybody how's everyone doing tonight <laughs> oh whoa whoa like that's the thing people don't understand like that stage time costs time you know like that's that's you need time, to pay effort, your dues. respect and a lot of dues absolutely uh, it's this one right that's the one that's right. will lee that's my boy Follow it's away. a different kind of investment for sure which is once you but you seem to know it so th- that hurdle is already past you it's really just respect and you're insanely respectful well that's the thing i mean i saw magnus yesterday uh at, at, at good vibes and it's the first time you met first time i met him um i've talked to him on the phone once in a very weird way he i would never like tell him this because he'd be like oh you were that weird dude 
I had a friend of mine. Who, you know he watches the show, right? Oh God! So he, so he'll find out. So he goes. He, my, I had a friend of mine who moved to Miami, and I was. He goes. He called me, and he goes, "Hey, I didn't talk to this guy in a long time." He's like, "I. This is three years ago. I'm in this car show. There's all these Porsches, and I'm like, wait, where are you? Tells me where he is. I said, oh, I just saw Magnus Walker's story. I'm like, can you look for a guy with dreadlocks, a large, a long beard, and kind of homelessy looking? Yeah. But there's gonna be a crowd around him. Yeah. And it's not because he's and it's drunk. It's not Rob Zombie. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Rob Zombie. And uh, and so he goes, okay. Two minutes later, phone rings, and I'm talking to Magnus Walker. He had gone up to him, said, no. can you sign this? And hands the phone to me. And I, no joke, this is this is how you know somebody like understands what I do. So I had a camera ready for whatever reason, and I recorded my end of the conversation with him. And Wait, then, so you're on the phone recording yourself? I'm on the phone recording myself. And then <laughs> this guy, I found out later, his dad recorded their end. So <laughs> I have video of Magnus Walker on the phone talking to me, and I did the back You do and it. Forth. You have it. Yes. It's oh, insane. I got to see it. And I was like such a d- – I'm like, hi, my name is – and I was like, this is really embarrassing, and I still publish this. This Is I, that's is it on it, your YouTube? It is back oh, in the – Oh, so – I'm going to – all right, so Google Tedward Magnus Walker, and <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it'll pop up in the YouTube. And I'm like, I have a 1988 Porsche 911 Carrera, and I love you, and uh, – you know, it was really, it was really bad, but um, – That so, sounds like me on Letterman's porch that time. Yeah. <laughs> so yesterday was like my big redemption of like I could just kind of casually walk up and be like, oh, hey – and I I know he's good friends with um, one of the, one of my clients at the Bond Group uh, in Waltham, Massachusetts. Steve Serio. He's done uh, Matt Ferris podcast a few times. He's good. yeah, I did it with him the last time. He yeah, did. yeah. It was me, him, and uh, Kim, well, him and Cam Ingram. Oh, and you I, were there I, too. I, oh, I filled God. in for uh, Zach. I yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah, that's Steve. Um, so I'm I'm at his shop like three. He's days great. A week. He's great. I felt like a dick though. I followed him that day, and then he never followed me. So I just recently unfollowed him. <laughs> I felt like a total dick. <laughs> because of that, I think you guys would actually get along really well. <laughs> not because I don't. I liked him. I liked him a lot. And I mean, he knew me. I knew him. Yeah. Like, it was a whole thing. But I just, <laughs> I was he's like, like oh, well, if, you know, when you prune every once yeah. in a while, you have to prune. And He's not like a big social media guy. He's out there. But like, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think it was a dig at me. I think no. it was just one of those where I was like, I'll try another time no, or but, something. So, but, so, but that's pretty funny. But so I figure, I'm like, okay, I'm going to name drop a little bit. Like, I try not to do that. So I kind of went up and like, oh, hey, Magnus, I, uh, I'm i Tom. I, I do all the photography and videos uh, with the Bond Group with Steve Serio. And he's, and he's like, oh, yeah. And then that was like kind of the lubrication to have a conversation of sorts but i immediately was like what do i talk about if I was you like, had said i'm tedward i have a feeling a lot of people know who tedward is he didn't is. know who i was really? um but i think the uh, one of the other guys because did. you said know. i'm tom Maybe. I am Tom. I was wearing the logo though. I, am like, Tom. I made a point of wearing that shirt yesterday. Your Tedward logo, yeah. Yeah, because I was it's kind of like the uh, yeah, the so the uh, what do you call it? The uh, Germany, the road. What am I trying to think of? It's it's the Autobahn. The, the, Autobahn. It's the unrestricted road sign on the Autobahn. So basically, I took that and I moved it up, and then I made another side, so it was a T. Yeah, I love and it. And then that. So these are for you, by the way, because I oh, forgot thank to you. bring them to you. Thanks. Um, I forgot to bring them to you at Breakfast Club. That's so. awesome. We'll put yeah. one in the set too. Yeah. Put one in the car. One in the set. There we go. It's TTT. Yep. <laughs> so if you buy these, I always feel bad because some people send them to me. Like, oh, is this how you like them? Yeah. So they'll they'll send them and they put this them the on their- the proper way to display yeah, them? Yeah. They've put them on their car the wrong way. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so this is the- uh, So I, you did it that way and then I fixed it. Okay. So sorry about that. I unfixed it. Sound familiar? Yeah. So it's it's left <laughs> yep. side down. Left side down is the easiest way to remember it. And what's the reason for uh, this? Because that's the German speed sign. So if you were to see the speed sign, it would just be that part. Oh, at the angle and everything. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, oh, you're right. I'm thinking of the uh, 
the autobahn sign, yeah. which is just the roadway. Yeah, yeah. The so that's the lanes. unrestricted road sign, basically gotcha. saying, "Hey, there's no speed limits. Let's rock and roll." Good for you. That's so cool. Yeah, so that's the deal, and it was it's very creative, somewhat timeless, hopefully. Um, timeless, Edward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> it sounds like we're going to wrap it up, and I guess we should. But I hope that you consider doing something in comedy, or at least live performance live talking something to get you over whatever your hump is because you clearly are well skilled well versed in this little world of comedy i do like and i it. feel like you are a personality which while you may not realize it yet that could fit really really well within that community. i appreciate that that's incredible to hear from from folks like you as well because i mean to what me we know but i'm just, it's just my opinion you know i loved when t- so television has become incredible in the last like five to ten years it, it went from hey this is a sitcom this is the beginning middle and end your a line your b line and whatever like these are the storylines that are going through to we've gotten this very real perspective and i think pete holmes show is a really good example of that where it's a show about coming up and what i think was missing for a very long time and something that i try to convey when i do any like videos is i don't want to show you everyone always want you know you let's say you're listening to mark maron's podcast he he what the fuck? What the fuck? Perfect. Also not sponsored. Imagine if Mark Maron was paying me to, to talk about a show. Uh, That's right. We're his street team. <laughs> very, very <laughs> underground w- advertising. WTF street team. <laughs> Unbelievable. But like, he gets deeper than just like people's people's coming up story is always a little too vague. And you're like, yeah, but like, how did you get from here to here? You know, because because oh. everyone talks about they like, talk about the cool stuff of the story. Right. Where's well, the meat? Yeah. And so they'll tell you like, oh, yeah, the first time I did Carson and it went well and he brought me to the couch. OK, well, what were the 10 years prior to that? Like, when was your first time on stage? How did it go? When did you bomb? Um, when did you know that this was going to be viable for you? Did anyone ever tell you it was good? Because a lot of people have these really great stories about how established comics their heroes literally told them you shouldn't do this yeah you should leave yeah go away kid you'll never make it yeah or like you know i mean imagine the incredible story really like how horrible is that and i had that actually when i so in a different way i mean i in high school i I remember uh that says more about the talent that they were that they were looking up to than the than the people themselves in my opinion. Definitely, but it still has an impact on you. Like you're still gonna feel that. I agree. I just mean there's equally a, there's so many stories the other way around where like a Gary Shandling who was nobody went and got George Carlin to read his jokes because he drove to fucking some other you know some other oh. city in order to go see him and he did it two days in a row because he said yeah I'll read it come back tomorrow thinking he was local but he wasn't he was like a seven hour drive. There's so many of those stories too where like the greats did take time. So I guess it really depends on again who the right person is and that's where I'm saying. I feel like you could fit in. Yeah, and I hope, I mean, I, I think there's a direct, there's no path, but there's a direction, right? Like everyone asks you the question of like, how did you get here? How did you do that? Like, how do I get, uh, you know, 100,000 subscribers on YouTube? I don't know. I pointed in a direction. And I, I think would be the answer. Went. You kept doing your thing and you found yourself and your voice. Yeah, and I think comedy is the same way because, you know, you don't just suddenly befriend, You, I mean... <laughs> There's people who, you know, everyone kind of, ha- especially in comedy, you tend to have like a, a guiding light, right? There's always going to be somebody whether like who you kind of came up with who made it a little bit before you. And if you're lucky, you'll make it too. Something to see to follow. Yeah. And so like, you know, you look at everyone's entourage. So if you take like Amy Schumer, for example, her friends are, are, are peripherally like in a lot of different television shows and stuff, but they're not necessarily household names. Um, Maria Bamford is somebody that I really, really look up to because she's somebody who is like completely broken down 
and and basically lost her momentum mm. and then she came back stronger than ever and lady dynamite is easily one of my favorite shows ever produced and she brought all of her friends involved and she didn't wow. rely on them either like Patton Oswalt is in the in the first episode gone it doesn't need him anymore it was like a fun thing he I think he was like kind of there for posterity like hey I want to be on your show and she's like great I don't have a role for you <laughs> and I think that's like really funny but then all the comics that are on the show with her I mean June Diane Raphael plays a oh, real estate agent that's and, Paul's wife right yeah oh she's like one of my favorite people in the world and it's really because I listen she's to wonderful she's so funny that whole that whole crew is they're all great and they and they like her role in that show they give her something that is very her like it's almost something you could picture her doing in just some like bizarro world hollywood and it's phenomenal because they're like you know she's selling a condo and she calls it the john stamos bukaki condos oh my (laughs) bukandos and and it's like yeah june would write that line like that's very funny to me and i know she would and she's so proper and beautiful and like she has such a um like a professional air about her but then she always is so twisted and sideways that it totally goes and she pulls it off so well she's one of the few that catches you off guard before you even know it's happening and and i listen to how did this get made all the time because i love like i mean tall john sheer um, <laughs> <laughs> paul sheer is fantastic um jason manzoukas is just oh is that the one they do together yeah those two together are really great jason manzoukas is unbelievable and these are the people that like you bizarrely fi- feel like they're your friends because you listen to them all the time and then you know we had the opposite experience <laughs> no seriously they were literally our friends first and i had no idea who they were and i thought somebody brought a terrorist to the party and everything was crazy <laughs> and it was it was absolutely nuts and of course it was all those people we've traveled with all of them she used to work with every single person you're talking about well and he said this on on the podcast before so i can i can say this he drives a uh, a land cruiser like an 80s land cruiser Toyota. jason manzu yeah and it's like i'm like well right on like he's kind of that I mean, I didn't ever think of him as like a car, car culture. Kind no, that's of guy. not why. But that's like, it's, it's like <laughs> hard times after uh, he was. No, he's fine. No, he's amazing in the league. And no, he's amazing. I just, I just mean he. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a it choice. does fit. It's him. a choice. It does fit him. But it's like, not cool car choice. It's just, it's just fun to see that kind of stuff. I don't know. So you know, to me, it like that's what's weird about this world is that. Um, in car culture, if you do have these people in your life that like share a passion for cars, like I don't know you because you were in comedy or because you were in, in any type of television thing. I know you because of a yellow 911 yeah. that I saw on Instagram at a cool spot in Los Angeles. <laughs> like how weird is that? Again, consistency. Yeah. We've just been doing the same thing for four years, you know, on the, on the breakfast club thing. Been a while. Yeah. Over four years on the, on that thing. It started with the two, you know, it wasn't, we never intended to create an event. It was just the two of us. She got MS. We moved to this place, which was we used to live in Venice, not far from where yeah. you're staying. And we moved over here, and life was different. And we had to work from home. Or what should we do? Oh, we should start a podcast. And then we had Friday mornings off. And we're like, well, that's a good day to drive because then all the people aren't there. So let's just go up. And then we started going to Newcombs on Fridays. Then we started doing it every week. So we started posting, hey, we're up good. If anybody well, wants to come, any of our Porsche friends, it literally started like that. For the first year, it was us and one, two, three, no more than five people. That's crazy. <laughs> and then, and then it was like you just, you just, kept, we just kept posting, and then the more people would come, and they would post, and then, you know, how it is. It yeah. was, it was nothing, nothing, nothing. And then this last year, just like your Instagram thing, it just or, happened. Uh, your YouTube thing, yeah, it just kind of boom blew up out of nowhere. So for you, Nicole, I mean, that obviously was a pretty devastating diagnosis. And did you feel like that Breakfast Club gave you like a consistency of getting out of the house and doing things, and like, 
I mean, I don't know what that's like. I, I, and I don't know you well enough to know like, oh, were you like a really like outward, you know, social person? I mean, what was that like going from like, okay, this is kind of the new reality of what I need to deal with. And then also trying to be, you know, like not cooped up in your home and like doing, like doing stuff. I could walk until probably a year and a half ago. So I was more functional. So I didn't see it as as bad as it is now. Like, but uh, Friday mornings have become my favorite time. Like, I love the people that are there. It's a good energy of people that aren't judging you for anything. And that's a lot of what my old job was based on. And it seeped into people around me. Yeah. So Friday, Friday mornings, Breakfast Club is really nice because people finally don't care. It took a minute for people to figure out that I don't know insides of cars, and my memory's horrible. <laughs> it's, re- it's really deteriorated bad. So you can tell me the same shit about Bolt every week, and I'll be like, sure. I, I have no idea. <laughs> but th- so when people figured out what else they want to talk about, it all even out that way. Well, and the thing was, I didn't know you like it's so it's funny because like it sounds like you guys kind of went from like, OK, MS, good vibes. I went from good vibes and I was like, wait, who's Nicole? And it took me I mean, I don't think I really even knew you had MS until like like maybe like months ago because that's, that's kind of the hard part too is it's invisible she looks beautiful well yeah Laughs, just, you well, know what i mean like that. it's all so good to look at You're like what could be wrong i mean i could see you in your chair but i wasn't like digging into it I, was, <laughs> I wasn't like what's going on so it was one of those things where i just knew you as the staple of breakfast club with him and then i was like oh i should probably figure out what what this situation is so i remember like digging i'm like oh okay cool like you're you're you have like your instagram and it kind of shows your life with like living with ms and that like oh you can use this to a spread awareness b be like also i still do shit like yeah you know it's just really different like people i used to know and work with like do not know what to make of me like i'm really different than they knew but probably more consistently me than I ever was so it's a it's been it'll be nice to be able to reintroduce myself to people to say hi I've always been this way I was really good at faking everything for years well that's what I want to know did you did you find that it made you more like oh I'm just gonna like why have any type of facade why like bullshit that I'm happy or not happy or whatever like just be what you are like do you feel like you got to be more yourself because you just felt like you know what like I'm just gonna own what I am Growing, growing into that every day. That's good. It's more like his influence of like be authentic. Like, I, it's so hardwired in me to put on a happy face and be the positive person because of my old job and my old personality. Like, to hide all the the, the ugliness. Yeah, you know, Nothing to keep it out of the public eye. To be bad. Like, it's not even bad. We were the agreed. It's not, but it's. I have noticed that I couldn't do my old job because a no one cares enough to take the time to do it yeah but it's also it was really mobile and very fast paced and i'm none of those things now so she used to be on the road 40 weeks a year really wait wait what were you running like traveling like for she would run personal pr for like at least 20 different celebrities at a time so she was working with Will Ferrell and Chris Rock and Judd Apatow and stuff like all of this all of the people you know all of the names you know 
That's crazy. She was working with them, and she would have to, you know, they're they're not all working together, so they're no. all working in different places at different times. And she was she was their publicist, so she was on the team that would go with them. That's crazy. so she's flown private with Seinfeld. <laughs> You're a man. You have stories like that's crazy. Yeah. She went to Afghanistan with Jay Leno. Shut up. She what went to trip. Afghanistan with Craig Robinson and Al Roker in the Today Show, but Jay Leno and Kevin Eubanks in the Tonight Eliza. Show people were there. Eliza Slash. It's really a small group of us. That's outrageous. So like she yeah. used to just everything you see here is either something she set up or, you know, whatever, and throughout the rest of the house too. You went to the bathroom. There's yeah. some pictures of famous people <laughs> yeah. all over the place. Those are all things she set up. We're that's not incredible. we're not fans no, of no. these people. <laughs> no, I, I I mean that's thing. I like it's weird. Like I said, like I know you guys from car community and it's it's very bizarre because I'm like, how do I find out who they really are? Because that's not how a, the majority of people in the industry know you. Like, they're not like, oh, yeah, the guy with the yellow Porsche. Like, that's my publicist. <laughs> no, I know. Well, that's the thing, though. So that was this whole thing. It was a transition to be, be from people who used to be professionally invisible to being in front of the camera and like my show and subscribe and like... <laughs> <laughs> could not have been a bigger change from a personality let alone life living well, standpoint even with even with breakfast club like I, it was a little bit of a joke for a while because my my friend would be like yeah you should do breakfast club you should do breakfast club it's on friday mornings i'm like do these people work friday yeah. fucking morning no i they dro- like <laughs> that by the way was the impetus in the beginning was oh it'll weed everybody out because you have to be really committed you, first of all you have to cancel something generally which means you're sacrificing something to be there and then you got to be really committed to drive 35 miles up a twisty ass mountain road that every five minutes you're like did i pass it did i pass it? <laughs> do you know how many fake doctor's appointments exist because of breakfast club oh gotta be a million <laughs> right for like sure everyone, dentist appointments everyone up there who isn't like some self-made self-employed person has just sent an email to their boss or everyone is now in therapy which is <laughs> what we call it we're like just call it mountain therapy it put is. it on your schedule and don't ever think about it i again. thought that just was, assume it's there yeah i went up there i'm like because like I, yeah i mean you see people and like obviously there's some wealthy people who are up there with some crazy stuff and like they're obviously like there Friday are the show are, stoppers but yeah. the collective of the group is yeah it's a lot of ordinary people. people um and that's like really cool that people are like it's such a thing that people are willing to leave their normal friday morning for this it's incredible it's become a lifestyle like they literally it's not a club Hang on, this is a whole list of things. Everyone, ha- all the hashtags. It's not a club. It's not a an event. It's not a, a group drive. Uh, all these things. It's not. And then all that's left really is like it's just a way of life. It's, it is. You can't really describe it. Yeah. It can't be um, quantified. It was. That's the nice thing about it. What's funny too is that like because I've built it up so much. I mean, there were a lot of people there for sure. But it was. Were you disappointed? It no, was, I wasn't. wasn't nearly what I expected. It was more intimate than I anticipated. Like I thought. I don't know. I just thought I'm like, oh, well, like all these big people are there. Like this is kind of a big deal. So I'm like, oh, I'll just be lost in a sea. No barriers. And there's no barriers. And there's just it's like, you know, a few dozen people. And you're like, wow, this is incredible. This is even more intimate than like the cars and coffees that I would go. And I think because of its location, it really weeds out the. I mean, it weeds out some cars that might not make it up the hill, but (laughs) it weeds out. It weeds out the 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 casual or Mm non-enthusiasts. You know, because like. If you collect cars and you don't drive them, you're not coming. Right. Sorry. Right. This is for the drivers. So then you go up there and you see that gorgeous 
I don't remember what the mileage, but it was almost no miles, uh, Testarossa, and the guy was ripping it. Yeah. Awesome. And also, I have a lot of respect, and it's funny, because I, I said this out loud when it pulled up. Someone goes, oh, Tom, it's Testarossa. I said, yeah, that's the worst Ferrari I've ever driven. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, it like, this guy is driving the worst Ferrari up the hill. Like, that. Yeah. whenever I see people with Testarossas and I say it's the worst Ferrari, I'm not trying to shit on their purchase. I'm trying to say, like, good on them. They are taking- That's a handful. It is a handful of a vehicle. And it is almost not entertaining. It is almost not worth driving. <laughs> like most people who own Tesla Roses own them as like a little cherry on top of a collection. It just belongs in the showroom. Where right. They, right. Those who drive them, God bless them. That's why I thought it was so cool. I thought it was absolutely awesome. I started following that guy. Yeah, they're brutal. They're yeah. brutal. Um, what else? Was there anything else that stood out at you yesterday? Did I mean, obviously TJ's out? Baja, that, that thing was insane. Showstopper, right? Like what? I mean, he comes and the best thing, I wish I was there when it left. Uh, we had to go, but, um, I saw, saw the video. I, I saw the video you yeah. posted and the squat on the, oh, every shift, my every shift. God. And then when he let up the same thing, it was like, Oh, it went back to normal. Whoa, oh. I was like, that's how you teach weight transfer to kids who haven't been on track. I'm like, give them that. And show watch, them. watch the horizon change. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. It was so good. Um, what else was there? I mean, there's just a lot of, it's not even that there's any particular, I like a car show where there's not necessarily showstoppers. I like a car show where not you're just show. happy of the collective. Like the collective is good. You can look at some little tweaks and things people made. Um, you know, that's what, I think that's what the value in Magnus's cars has always been. To me, oh, like, I love that. To, I agree with you. To me, it's not like, oh, this guy builds the best Porsche. It's like, this guy takes the time to make the door handle he wants. And when things break, he can do the leather work and he can do the upholstery. And that's really impressive to me. Cause not, like, and not even can, but like chooses to wants to prefers to. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think people appreciate the, I mean, I have three cars. He has like, 30 in that garage something like that maybe more i can't say how many are in his entire Probably collection a lot a, lot, a lot. lot and so let's say 30 that are like currently being driven right that he will take out and go and use that's a lot to maintain and that when you know every i'm sure every time he takes that's why he probably drives that car more because anytime he takes another car he's like oh this stupid door handle broken he's got to go fix the it the truth when he gets is home. He, he doesn't drive one more than the other I swear to God, he's only recently started bringing the Porsches back out because for a while there he was just in new press cars nonstop. Yeah, and then uh, and then he decides, oh, I gotta exercise the Porsche. So he, he he it's almost sort of it goes in shifts. Like he brought the turbo out for a couple weeks, then he brought the uh, two seven seven out for a couple weeks, and now he seems to be driving the IROC. Yeah, it, it's very funny to me to see him in a press car. I have the hardest time oh, dude. associating him with a new car. Like if I saw him in a Pista, I'd be like, what happened? We saw him in a Mazda three, and it was awesome. <laughs> Mazda 3 hatch, and it was awesome. And he was like, it rips. Like, I get, I get. <laughs> he had a blast. That's the thing. I expect him in something ratty that might not make it. Like, Well, but then he shows up in a Rolls Royce as well, Jag brand new, or, or yeah. absolutely Aston Martin, anything brand new. And I've well. had, I've had, so, I mean, I, a lot of people have to die for me to tell some of the stories of the cars that have broken on me when I'm driving <laughs> them. But I have some great, I, like, someday I will have great stories of broken cars, of me, like, going out and being like, um, that can't be right. That's, <laughs> this is very bad. Um, or, you know, smoky things. And so I always appreciate when he shows, like, him broken down on the 405, like, hood up, like, yep, it overheated. It's oh, with so, the, yeah, with the, know, uh, the E-type and stuff. Yeah, it's it's entertaining, and I'm glad he shows that side of it. Um, we've gone long. I hate to wrap it up no, because I want to keep fine. talking with you, but um, I, I kind of want to come back to 
do you podcast? Do you do a podcast? I do. I I've been somewhat inconsistent with it for a while. I was doing a, a podcast. It's the first rule. I know. Um, <laughs> Respect the drive is the name of the podcast. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's everywhere you would find a podcast. Um, Respect the drive podcast. And uh, I'm going to br- be bringing it back. It's been difficult during COVID because I really like the fact that I'm sitting here talking with you right now. This is amazing. Like yeah. we've just fi- this is the first time this is really happening. The reason we're out here, it's kind of like that first COVID trip. Yep. I haven't been in a same room with these people for. For a long time and now we have a little house up here in venice to sharing to, to together. Yeah. yeah so i mean to me i think the podcast is going to come back in full force this spring and summer just because we're going to be able to have people sit down and have this here's the thing dude i'm trying to get at like beyond that your audience has grown i think like if you come back and punch it hard you could probably do really well it would be fun and yeah i mean that's the thing what i the i'll leave with this like the biggest thing i've learned if i plan something for success if it's like oh i'm gonna do this for the money or for the success it doesn't work but if i do things because i want to and because i want to sit down and have the conversation and because i'm comfortable that's when things just work i mean this is working because i'm comfortable with you and this is like i feel like i'm in a welcome environment that's it safe space it's a safe it's hard it's hard to find a safe space these days and i don't get to talk comedy with anybody like even my friends aren't like comedy people so this is like very entertaining here's what i'm getting at you're in boston we're in los angeles but through the miracle of all of this crap correct (laughs) we could uh we could always do something together we could always do something together and or at least you could do something and we could just check in on each other. It'd be fantastic. While, or yeah, no, whatever. We, now we're now we are officially personally connected. We can make that happen. We but. don't do much. The fact that you're out of town will probably be better friends than if you were here in town because <laughs> we literally Fridays on the mountain, Sundays in Malibu. And other than that, we're here in this That's apartment. Amazing. So um, I, I'm very fond of you. I like you. How do other people follow you and stay up with all of the things you're doing? I'm going to put your camera back up here. Sure. Camera. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube is the best way. Uh, Tedward on YouTube. Um, you'll find whatever you want to find me in, whether it's like a new R8 or a Lamborghini, or I'm driving like a falling apart Jeep from 1948 or some oddball cars like the Iso Grifo, the Bizzarini 5300 GT Strata, some cars like that. You've got cool stuff like living with a GT3 RS, stuff like that. I yeah. watched that one. This yeah, uh, and then what else? Um, it was a little older, but I mean, you really run the gamut of all different yeah, style of videos. I mean, for me, I love driving. I love cars. I love bad cars. I love good cars. <laughs> I too. like, like if you give me like, you know, like I get why Magnus has and Hannah have that Rolls Royce. Like it's a dog. That thing he brought is it dog. here. I loved it. And I thought I was going to hate it. I loved it. It's so charming. You know, we 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 especially like old Mercedes. You you kind of shit on these transmissions. They don't hold up. But if you drive a hammer, it's so entertaining. So anyway, you can follow me on uh, Instagram Tedward underscore IG because some loser has Tedward. Oh, I screwed that up. I just put Tedward. That's funny. Well, I'm sure if you put at Tedward, it'll come up. But you're yeah. looking for the guy with this symbol. It's got this symbol. Yes, right that's here. it. That's it. Um, yeah. And you know, there's a nice little loyal following and I sell those, I literally sell those stickers by hand. Like people DM me, say, can I have a sticker? I say, yeah. And I write out an envelope in terrible handwriting and they go off all over the world. I send them to Europe. That's I send what them I used to, to do yeah, too. It's really fun. Um, so, you know, uh, right now it's very, very personal. There's something cool about writing a note to someone being like, here, enjoy, enjoy sticking this damn thing on exactly. your wherever you put it. And I don't know. I mean, it may not ever grow larger than that and it may grow larger than that and I'm okay with it either way because I think the people that I've met and the people that um, enjoy the content are the people that I want to associate with and Amen. it's been really fun. Amen. That's yeah. awesome, brother. Agreed. You're super cool. I want to be friends with you. I want to keep <laughs> this conversation going. I want We're to friends. Like... We're all friends. So. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. I want to keep doing this. Like, we got shit to do today but I want to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this has been a lovely... Thursday the 20th? Is that what we decided today is? Sure, sure. 
<laughs> Tedward, thank you for being here, brother. Everybody, please check out Tedward. I'm sure there are other things to talk about, and uh, we'll tell you about them later. It's a Thursday, so there's Breakfast Club tomorrow for sure. And then, uh, oh, I think our next guest will be Matt Farah on the 25th. You can ask him the 25th about the fifth. Will be awkward time we met at his. <laughs> he'll be like, "Oh, that guy, guy brought yeah, the rusted yeah. jeep." Yeah, <laughs> and then I'll be like, "I'll be like all my other ones, like getting all my other friends on his show." <laughs> I'll be like, "Oh, you should totally have Tedward on. He's awesome." Uh, all right, we love everybody. I love you. We love you. We all love you. Please love one another. We'll see you soon. Thanks. That was so nice. That was wonderful. <laughs>